And now, here to sing America the Beautiful, the Queen of Soul, Miss Arita Franklin!
All right. Oh, you're a pop one? Oh, you... I crack open a tab. It's 11.39, and you have an IPA. Woo! How the hell are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Skull IPA? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. It's New Blood Rising Podcast. How are you? It's a... Uh, we're going through season five from Sting to Hogan, and right now we are about in we're in 1991. We, it's cool. Like this is a show that kind of is a it's like a sequel because like it has like an actual like sequel name. You're right. We're looking at Super Bowl 91, aka the return from the Rising Sun. That's that's a, a better title. It's a really good subtitle for it or whatever. I'm William Rankin. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Sean Connery. Always bet on Sean Fuji- Connery. Fuji- <laughs> Fuji- Always bet on Fujinami. <laughs> no, don't. Rated R. Uh, I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Keesler. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I, too, have an IPA at 11.30 in the morning. God damn. And the, well, actually, uh, I'm lying. It's an Angry Orchard with a Fireball whiskey in it. It's SummerSlam Day, damn it. We, have we day drink. And, and Dr. Charlie Nichols over here. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we've been over this ground before, haven't we? <laughs> How you doing? That's a nice in-joke for our plug at the end. But uh, as, So, as we said, we, we came off of what we probably considered our favorite card of uh, the, the season? season so mm-hmm. far. Yes. It was really good. Like overall, like I th- what was our overall rating? It was something like, I mean, you got the video. I, tape I, I right got there. the video tape. It's a, it's a, it's a six point four eight. Six point four eight, which is astounding for us. I'm gonna rate every match I'm just, of five. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the best things you ever made. <laughs> was, well, one day I'll grow up and do a podcast <laughs> with my friends and rate every match of five. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just gonna go on a limb. I don't think it's going to be a 6-4 today. This is uh, the sophomore slump, as they like to call it, uh, with uh, with a sequel. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's definitely a letdown. Um, so is this is like when the best new artist at the Grammys, and then the next album is a total dud? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yes. yes. Th- that's, that's comparable, yes. I totally, like, so last episode, I totally goofed. I didn't have all my stuff prepared, and I didn't, I didn't do our usual rundown of what's going on kind of in the world of like the kind of a macro vision. That's why it was short. Yeah, because I didn't get to do this to do the spiel. But um, Lincoln Phoenix on Twitter, he's a great dude, and he sent us all these notes, and I was like, ah, I forgot. I completely forgot to mention, but now it, it works out because they were kind of combo notes for both uh, Super Show. I always want to call it Supercard, but it was Super Show and... Uh, or was it well, It was, it was uh, Starcade in Japan. Right. I, the thing in Japan... And then this episode, Super Brawl. So here we go. Here are some cool kind of notes going on. All right, so the number one movie uh, at this time, and I think this was for March March of 91, March 21st, was Silence of the Lambs. It made uh, $7 million that week. That's pretty good for a movie that, like, at the box office. And $7 million over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Back it's, then, it's a that good was number. pretty big. Number one song in uh, the U.S. was Someday by Mariah Carey. In the U.K., the, Not no- today. <laughs> the n- number one song in the U.K., should I stay or should I go by The Clash? Really? <laughs> yes. I wonder what brought it back. And then Australia, the number one song, Do the Bartman by The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Bart Simpson, <laughs> we'll get to him later. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay, this is, um, so I think this would be, all right, so world champion Ric Flair, U.S. champ Lex Luger, 
World Tag Team Champions, the Steiner Brothers, the six-man tag team champs, still holding on, the JYD, Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich, and then um, TV champion Arn Anderson. WWF, the heavyweight champion was Hulk Hogan, Intercontinental champion Mr. Perfect, and the Nasty Boys, having recently won it at WrestleMania 7, <laughs> are your World Tag Team Champions. This is the high point of their career. Yes, it's it all downhill from here. So for Super Brawl here, for May 19th and 91, I'll let, I'll let you guys get tickets. What do you think was the number one movie this week? Just 10 seconds, kind of throw one movie out there. What you thought? In 1991? Yeah, May 19th. Summer 91. Um, let's, no, Terminator 2 doesn't come out until July. Um, so that's not it. That's not it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no, it wouldn't have been Ninja Turtles because that was 90, wasn't it? That's not it. Yeah, that's not it either. <laughs> was that even well, I mean, I, I, No, that's 90. It is 90? Mm-hmm. I know I saw it in Now, Maryland, now Ninja Turtles 2 came out in 91. <laughs> kind of snuck in. Yeah. I remember I did not know it was coming out until... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. What's this? Well, Jason, what was your guess? Uh, I, uh, Soap dish. Pretty Woman. Close. Pretty what woman. about Bob? Ah. <laughs> Which I saw in the theater. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Made $9 million over that week. <laughs> yes, Pretty Woman and What About Bob. <laughs> the spiritual sequels to one another. Oh, 100%. Uh, nine years of the day, too, I would start my job at the movie theater. Oh. Tear. Tear. From the nostalgia. All right. U.S. number one hit song was I Like the Way. Or in parentheses, The Kissing Game by High Five. Not from Ready Player One. Oh, this is not I was the, like really not them. Go show. <laughs> show. UK number one song is the the Shoop Shoop song. It's in her kiss by Cher. Third of third wow, third That's of where it is. That was the third of its five week run at number one. Man. And in Australia, the number one song is Horses by Daryl Braithwaite. Mm. Right. And so currently, your WCW, NWA, who gives a fuck, world champion, whatever it is, because <laughs> it's so screwed up, is Tatsumi Fujinami. WCW heavyweight champion is Ric Flair. U.S. heavyweight champion Lex Luger. World tag team champions, the Steiners. The six-man tag team champions still holding on. The JYD, Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich. And Dr. Joyce Brothers. <laughs> and your TV champion, Arn Anderson. <laughs> the greatest TV champion of all time. So after the NWA, WCW, New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Show, of the, it's the first schism between WCW and the NWA uh, that would occur. While the NWA would recognize Fujinami as its champion, WCW would not, which leads to the main event of Super Brawl. Uh, and the WWF, once again, very simply, folks, Hulk Hogan, Mr. Perfect, the Nasty Boys. <laughs> In honor of WWE coming to my home country, Australia, I thought I would give you some quickfire facts on the Melbourne Cricket Ground, hosts of the WWE SmackDown, <laughs> Super Smack, Super Showdown. That's it, the WWE Super Showdown. This is the one where Taker and Triple H fight for the the last match ever again, whatever it is, the end of an era again. <laughs> it opened in eighteen. The end of this era. This opened in eighteen fifty four. The this place. The year? Yes. Oh, it was the first time Triple H and the. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've been fighting for a long time. Uh, major fortune Ra- fame. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, Major events, the Australian Football League Grand Final, hosted every year during the last week of September. The event is the equivalent to the Super Bowl. 
Boxing Day Cricket Test starts December 26th, scheduled for five days with Australia hosting another national cricket team. The highest ever attendance was 143,000 for the Billy Graham Crusade in 1959. The Reverend, not the wrestler. Just he, oh. wanted, he wanted to make sure that... Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I like that. Believe game. in a heart power. During uh, during World War II, <laughs> during World War II, it actually served as a barracks for uh, different times for both the United States Air Force and for the Marine Corps. And a Vader fun fact of the night: Vader was parodied. Vader was parodied on Dragon Ball Z as a student of Mister Satan during the Cell Games. The character named uh, Parosky. Par- oh. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> Sounds sounds like a cop in downtown Detroit. It's Robert Prosky. Appears to fight Cell wearing headgear very Sounds similar. Like to, hmm. uh, well, yeah, we're cutting in and out a lot, so I'm sorry if we talk over people. Uh, but it sounds like uh, the SNL Bill Brasky skits that he used to do. I remember Bill Brasky. <laughs> yeah, you remember Big Leon. God bless him. So th- thank you a lot, Nick. Really appreciate the um, uh, the notes, and I apologize for not doing them on the last show. So here we are. Super Bowl 91, a.k.a. The Return of the Rising Sun, St. Petersburg, Florida. Remember, that was an ECW hot show we had was uh, St. Petersburg. And again, as we said, it is May 19th, 1991. Um, We get this nice collage, I guess, of the American and Japanese flags and video footage that leads into a crowd shot and a graphic for Super Bowl. Gary Michael Capetta brings out Randy Brown to sing America the Beautiful. Um, I was kind of hoping for Willie Nelson and the entire WWF shop zone to come out and smash her with a steel chair and smoke a dube. Because remember, he had just done it at WrestleMania Seven, and he yeah. wear, he's wearing the entire like he he's wearing everything. He can't he came prepared. Like they was like, put this on Willie, and this, and this. <laughs> Why don't you put this on too? That's a foam title belt, Intercontinental. <laughs> so yeah, that I liked her MC Hammer pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Oh. Ross gives us the lowdown. 12 matches, four titles on the line. Once again, we have to stroke Dusty by saying this is the place where he won the world title in 79 before we segue into the controversy that came from Supercard, Super Show, Super Fuckface, Starcade 91. <laughs> we, also, we also talked to Luger and Sting on the hotline. <laughs> Before we take on the Steiners, before they take on the Steiners, I think it's so funny. Once again, what it would be like to call in to have those two guys on the line. But at least which one are you taking this? What's that? screwdriver? Oh, yeah. Both say not me in unison. <laughs> <laughs> that leads us to our first match, Jason. We have the Young Pistols taking on the fabulous Freebirds for the vacant U.S. tag team title since the Steiner brothers clearly no longer need the titles they never really needed in the first place. <laughs> Here, it's the Here You Hold This Memorial Tournament. There you go. Um, real quick, so like you said, it's 12 matches in 2 hours and 42 minutes. And there's all kinds of other things, too. And then everyone's given the WWE shit for having 13 matches over 6 hours. I mean, they're both too many matches and too long, but... Still, this is this is not a new thing. Um, the Young Pistols are now billed from Wyoming. All of it. Yes, yes. They're they're just from Wyoming. They're they're from a state that wasn't even a territory during the Civil War. Um, so suddenly, so that's great. Good you know? research, I'm Jason. Sure <laughs> yes, because I was sitting here going, weren't these guys just covered with Confederate flags like four months ago? And uh, I, 
and I love how they keep going. All the people in Wyoming are on their feet, both of them. That I mean, this is just it's shit. Uh, you know, it's really great that DDP is still around doing this, but oh. can we please get that head that microphone away from him because I don't think he knows to not talk in it. Exactly. How to mute it, Jason? That's the first note. I was like, because I think Capetta is thrown off. He's like, who the hell's talking? <laughs> who yeah. the hell is doing this? Do we go? I go. I go, you stay here. It's like, this is going to be real inside baseball for people, but it's like when you ask your TA for help and you don't know where the mute button is, what do I say? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, trust us, if you work in any kind of over-the-phone customer service, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's great that we're four months in and Big Daddy Dink is still a thing. <laughs> um, apparently, he's one of Dusty's buddies. I, I, I don't know who he is. But, but uh, and I hate to steal your thunder, Charlie, but seven minutes, 20 seconds in, we get our first football reference by Jim Ross. Seven minutes, 18 seconds, because <laughs> I wrote oh, it too. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to be exact, but... Uh, uh, and then you get Jim Ross with his fat shaming. Big Daddy Doink has been ejected, and he's waddling back to the locker room. <laughs> that, that was good, though. That made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, but it's still, if, if it wasn't for the fact the way the guy was kind of moving his arms, but if he was just going, that would have been like one of the most hurtful things the man's ever said. You apologized your wife, damn it. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of this double miss top rope drop kick spot, especially when the guys don't go at the same time. I know that if I was looking across the ring and my partner just missed a drop kick, I might change up what I'm going to do. I don't know. Just makes them look like idiots. Um, then the young pistols hit what I call a poor man's doomsday device two times. And I like, I don't know. I was so not into this match. I don't know if it's because I really don't like the free birds or that I'm completely indifferent to the young pistols. I just, it was really tough to, to pay attention until a dude dressed as a half chicken comes into the ring and starts nailing people with a tornado DDPs and then for some reason continues to sneaky run out of the ring. Um, the Freebirds win. We all lose. I gave this a three and a half. It's a, it's one of the funniest looking DDTs because it's not even a tornado. It's like, I must have you stand on the first rope or something like that. Uh -huh. It's, it's just such a lazy looking DDT. <laughs> So bad, <laughs> and the feathers she are coming off the costume. <laughs> and his name is Fantasia. Is this? Have the Freebirds been talking about a half chicken this entire time? I think he gets renamed to Bad Street very soon, which is probably a better bad name from Bad Street, right? I mean, probably a better name than Fantasia because I, f I imagine Disney would sue. Oh yeah, probably. Uh, Season desist. <laughs> Billionaire Ted got a call. I was like, <laughs> ah, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Can it? Charlie, what'd you think of this match? It's it's not very good. Um, <laughs> it sucks. Three. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, uh, J Jason pretty much mentioned it. Uh, everything that I have. Uh, ref bump. I don't even remember the ref bump. The one note I have of any significance is I'm ready for the free birds to die. <laughs> I'm tired of them. I'm just done. Uh, I gave this a four. Um, I just wrote, uh, I think Jim Ross is hilarious when he says the DDT is a deadly maneuver. Mm. It's awesome. I just love Ma like Yeah, that. mastered by the Freebirds. Because um, I wrote less than two minutes of bringing a football over. That's from the start of the match. Yeah, from the start. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I do have the final count at the end of football references. Phil Goad came out of the bullpen. He was like, guess what? Here it is. Guess what? <laughs> 
You're going to love it. Uh, I don't know if I should... I, I told you who Fantasia is under the mask. I'm, I don't know if it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, we'll just say... Jason, do you know who it is? Uh, no. It's Brad Armstrong, who came out earlier really? to help them. And it's like, you know what? I got a little plan for you. <laughs> Swerve. Double swerve. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, not the candy, man. But uh yeah, it <laughs> It's funny how that like and I and I've heard like the Young Pistols it like that that whole gimmick name. Obviously we know why they they probably changed it, but that it was kind of a reference to their dad Bullet Bob. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, okay. It's still not great." <laughs> All right. Charlie, up next, what do we What got? do you give it? I give it a 4. Oh. It was fine. Ooh. If it, That's what I gave it. That's I mean, what I gave it, it. it's not terrible. But. So we have Ricky Mort versus Dan or Danny Spivey, whatever you want to call him. Nobody seems to kind of have a consistency on that either. Ricky Mort and Dan Spivey. What do you think of this, Chuck? Oh man, um, I love this one comment that Dusty has, or maybe it's Jr. Where he, where he said, yeah, "I spoke to uh, I spoke to Ricky Morton in the back, and <laughs> he doesn't." This legitimately cracked me up because I spoke to Ricky in the back, and Ricky says that he doesn't think that size will be an issue. Just what an idiot! Like, have you ever seen Dan Spivey? Like, he's gonna kill the guy. It, Spive, Spivey does a, a DDT, gets him with a, a fuck you power bomb. It's just like the way the match starts. I think is interesting because I like Ricky like trying. It's stupid, but I like him trying to like beat him, and then running out of the ring, getting back up. Hitting him in the face, like I thought that was kind of cool, but overall, like with these, like the power bomb is my favorite part. But I, I just Ricky Morton, I don't really. It's nothing against him. I just don't really get excited to see him in a singles match. You know, like if it's a tag match, absolutely. Because he'll get beat up for like ten minutes tagging yeah. the other guy, and then they win. They win. That's fine. But this this doesn't work for me. Not so much. I give this a four. Uh, Jason, what'd you think of Morton versus Spivey? Um, is Dan Spivey's gimmick to do other wrestlers finishing moves, but just not as well. So they don't finish anybody because over this, like last time against Luger, he hit Luger with like so many signatures and finishers. This one, he hits Ricky Morton with a DDT, a Stan Hansen Lariat, a razor's edge, a follow away slam, a big leg drop and the power bomb. And it takes all that to put away Ricky Morton who technically didn't lose because his shoulders weren't on the mat because he was wiping his nose during the three count. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like there wasn't even, there wasn't even, there's just like, he's just like, fuck it. You know, (laughs) it's just, can we move on? But, but it was real fun. I mean, it's like, cool. It's like when you play someone in the video games, who's never played before and you're, you didn't bother to tell them that you turned on all the signatures and you just, you let them have it for a good three minutes. And then what what the hell's a special (laughs) you about to find out (laughs) Yeah, like times five. Why is my guy red? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Actually, my favorite thing to do is go, was tell him to go outside and grab a weapon and hit me with it. Uh Disqualification. (laughs) (laughs) I've done it now. (laughs) Oh my god! But yeah, it was a four mm-hmm. for me. I have it at the same. You guys nailed everything. The only, the, the most ridiculous thing is when Ricky Morton tries to do a Japanese arm drag to dance by me, and it works. Because I'm like, that guy's six ten. Why is he taking a Japanese arm drag? Because from size is not an issue. Size is not an issue, clearly. But um, and it's proportionate because during a Ricky Morton match, you're gonna see like thirty of those. So seeing one against Dan Spivey equals out. I guess so. Yeah, I. 
with the way he's been booked recently, I'm, I'm kind of like want to see him. I don't know, do more Spivey. You know, like like it, it. It seems like. I mean, granted, he's going up against Luger at this time, who like you, you just can't beat. Like he has almost like Cena blood running through him. Like you just can't, you just can't beat the guy or keep him down. But uh, yeah, a four. I really can't do. I really can't do much more than that. We go to we we have Tony and Missy with the Z Man in a suit. He's been out with a torn bicep, but he wouldn't miss this. Thanks to a recent phone call, Missy gets a chance to go back to the dressing room for another interview. Tony throws it back to the Russell War, to Russell War where sexy boy Stan Hansen was running wild. Tony is laughing. Missy gets booed for basically standing up for women. It's just hilarious. Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. what does she say? Yeah, she yeah. she says like you know women have the right to be able to do that. You know, it's something along those no, lines. No, they don't. And this not crowd, St. Petersburg, does not agree. Especially, and we'll get to it in just one second here. Uh, another man in the crowd will let us know. Oh. Z-Man has a delayed giggle to the. It's so bad. Like, cause um, Tony like is kind of giggling at first. He's laughing. Z-Man takes like a whole ten seconds. Like, oh, is this what we're doing? <laughs> I'll join in. This is, how, this is how humans act, right? <laughs> oh, this is WCW. <laughs> Come on. But, but I want to give it up for Missy Hyatt because when she's like, I get to go in again, and she goes, Z-Man, you got to go to the locker room, right? Maybe take a shower. And Z-Man just goes. I might be hanging around. And Missy Hyatt, she's off microphone. She goes, nice. <laughs> like, you know, like, I was like, good for you, Missy. She's like, she's, I don't know if she thought he was making like a big dick joke or what, but she was into it and it was awesome. And uh, then it's then this I've got a time stamped at 26 minutes and 17 seconds. If you just go to that on Super Bowl 91, please do. You, you see a guy who just instantly is doing like the blowjob motion. Like he's just like, <laughs> and yeah. his buddies are into it. His, like, yeah, that's right, he's, Frank. He's wearing the Simpson shirt, right? He's wearing a Bart Simpson shirt. And it's uh, it's the guy that's behind him that really makes me laugh. I, for, Jason, I don't know if, remember, if it was you that pointed it out. I can't remember, but he is like staring just hatred into this guy. No, I don't know. No, I, I brought my kid to this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I brought my kid. Yeah. And then also on the other end of the ring, he's getting the deathly stares of Tommy the Hitman Wiseau just over there just <laughs> with his super reflective glasses that uh, later on in the night, I think it's I'll just for it's right after Dustin's match or no, it's after the the Sting Nikita Koloff confrontation. They cut where they just talk to Dusty for a few minutes, and the Wiseau hitman is right behind Dusty, and he turns. And I don't know why the cameraman didn't get off of him because there's a spotlight just directly reflecting off this dude, and he looks like he's about to hit him with Cyclops's optic blast. I'll show you, Jr. It was just—it's fucking hilarious. And then he just gets up. I have to go back to my home planet and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go next. We have Wildfire Tommy Rich taking on Stone Cold Steve Koloff. <laughs> Sorry, it's such a bad joke. Only if Nikita Koloff gets a podcast where he talks about drinking wine and moving across the country I mean, and being the most episodes he does. When you got, I mean, when you guys see him, like it's funny because like he looks exactly like Steve Austin, like as Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. With the exception of obviously like the 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 singlet. the singlet, it's hilarious. But we finally get it. We get Nikita on the podcast as a wrestler. So here we go. Um, the ovation for Tommy Rich couldn't be any more tepid. Um, he could be a renegade warrior in disguise. Is what <laughs> seriously? <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, 
the only note I really have for Tommy Rich is, my God, he smashes his face on the pole when he does like a, yeah. he goes for a splash on the corner, and it looks like he really is going to be bleeding. Um, this match doesn't go for very long. Nikita pretty much like handles Tommy Rich for the majority of the match and then finishes him off with the Russian sickle, uh, which is his his version of the clothesline. Everyone's got a version of it. He's got one, too. Uh, it was the super kick of its day. I mean, he looks pretty dominant. I'm excited to see him in more main event stuff. It's just it's just an okay match. There's not a lot of great high spots with it. And I'm sorry, the Russian sickle, I, the name is awesome. It's a great name. And I'm sure there have been other Russian sickles in the past that have been more that have been more interesting to look at. But when you have Stan Hansen on your card, you have the Steiners, you even have Lex Luger. Those are at least like four guys. That, yeah, you have four guys that have a better clothesline than you. Probably need to shop around for another finisher. Well, how do you think that makes Tommy Rich feel? Maybe talk to That's Dan Spivey. That's enough to pin me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fifth best clothesline in WCW, I still lost. <laughs> I'm a former world champion. <laughs> That's right. I have to keep doing that shit. But, um... And that's that's the only thing, and I like Nikita Koloff. I do, and I, I I think he's a I think he's a good wrestler. It's just like when you see that finish, it's like oh, after you watch like you know Stan Hansen just annihilate people with his, it just doesn't have the same feel. I still gave it a four. I'm kind of <laughs> running across the board there, Jason. What do you think? One day I'll start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting ready to get that too, because. Uh, my notes are Nikita, don't cheat. Russian sickle five. So, but at least, at least I will get a key to this. Their name for their version of the clothesline. At least Nikita's is like he holds his arm at a ninety degree angle, um, and I don't know if that is because he's stone cold and can't bend his arm, or or what. And also, well, you you forgot you forgot the most dangerous kind of version of the clothesline would be a Terrence Taylor's five arm. Oh, that's another um, one, Which right. is actually just a clothesline. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, his, his is so good, it gets plus one. But, um, yeah, like, I'm just really tired of hearing about Tommy Rich's one big win in 1980. We promise, folks, you know? he's good. <laughs> oh, he he's, lost, good he's lost 15 time. pounds since he won that world title, yeah. so that must mean he's due for another. He's one of the six-man yeah. tag team champions. Yeah. Who the other one can't be bothered to show up. To they can't even bring their belts. No. Junkyard's like, care about this. fuck it. <laughs> it costs money to bring this through an airport. I want a meatball sub. I'm out of here. <laughs> that was really good, by the way. Don't, don't eat your meatball sub. You'll gain back the 15 pounds you've lost over the last 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason gave it a 5. Charlie, what'd you give it? Russian Sickle, 2 out of 10. There I really, we go. I really shit on this one. This one. <laughs> This this one this match sucks. <laughs> Tony goes to interview a new star coming on the scene. Oh, this is a train wreck. It's Johnny B. Bad with Theodore oh, R. Long. Theodore L. Long. Is it Theodore R. Oh, it's yeah. R. Long. He's the Ebony Einstein. I had to stop because yeah. I almost laughed myself. It's one of the funniest a... things. Dusty really makes me uncomfortable here. Yeah, it is. JR and Dusty put him over his flamp. They love to say flamboyant. They go with flamboyant a lot. That's their base word. Well, then Dusty says, there is such a thing, baby, as being too flamboyant. And I was yeah. like, there is? You made this you character are so ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's giving him notes. Yeah. <laughs> just, mm, totally. I, wish, I do wish, though, they would do more for flamboyant than just go, let's give the guy some eyeliner and a boa. Woohoo, he's flamboyant. 
You know, like, like I mean, this this turns out to be a really good gimmick, but I, I love mean, Johnny B. Bad. Oh, it gets better it's because because they figure out like, okay, we need to pull back on face. some of this. Yeah, and but the, I swear the things that Long is saying contradict some of the things that Johnny B. Bad saying. It doesn't feel like that these guys are together. It's the last line. Yeah. It's the last. I'm so pretty. I should have been born a girl. It's like me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it, and it's just so wow. funny that that. When you're married to Sable, yeah. <laughs> when you hear Dusty sounds, there's so much just too flamboyant. It's like your son is going to nail this gimmick oh. in a few years. He's going to absolutely yeah. destroy your charis- this. charisma-free son is really going to get an upgrade in about five years. <laughs> Man. And make Ahmed Johnson very uncomfortable. <laughs> make Razor. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Razor Ramon. I heard you're oozing machismo. Hey, no. Hey, no. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey no. Uh, all right, so as Tony says, our computer match is next. <laughs> oh, but one more thing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry I didn't mention it. Uh, the Tony Schiavone is really fun to watch during the Johnny B. Bad promo. I feel like he wasn't informed. <laughs> I don't think he's on board. <laughs> he's just kind of like, all right. <laughs> anyway. Uh all right, so our computer match is next. Here we go. Jason, we have Dustin Rhodes, the undefeated. Isn't that right? Of course he is. Taking on sure. Terrence Taylor and the board of directors of 1991 and Alexander York and Mr. Hughes. Like the entire... <laughs> Dustin's got to look strong, baby. We need to bring out everybody. But only two of them come to the ring. The other <laughs> yes men stand there and just clap tepidly. This is... Tepid is our word of this podcast, apparently. Um, Mr. Hughes is here, so that's good. And, man, he looks so much cooler in that hat and stuff Mm -hmm. than his grandma shawl that she gave him when he was 12 that he still wears now that he's 400 pounds. But, uh, like, the thing is, is throughout this match, Dusty is really killing the York Foundation gimmick, mm-hmm. uh, pointing out how often Terry Taylor goes to Alexander York. He goes, it says, take one offensive move, then move outside and see what happens, and then come in and see what's next. Like, dude, you're killing the whole thing. But yeah. then turn around and says, this is done to fluster opponents, and it gives Taylor an advantage. Make up your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, the, <laughs> Again, I told you, it's a three-man booth with two people, and Dusty's <laughs> one, two and three. Um, it's just <laughs> Dusty and his yeah, gut are two. No, <laughs> I'm not talking about the weight. I'm talking about how Dusty just immediately con- he will contradict himself in the same sentence. Um, and I also don't know if Dusty was like suffering for respiratory problems <gasps> because every time he was <gasps> saying mm-hmm. something, it was like that. It was getting bad. I was like, oh god, is he going to do a Vader and get a respirator, which would actually be kind of cool. Um, but I just have a question. Does the black glove make Mr. Hughes stronger? Because it's just a glove. I feel like there's something dump- laced with it. Like there's something. There has to be something. <laughs> it's laced. It's a laced, laced black with glove. <laughs> I mean, like, why do we have to have Dustin Rhodes, the natural, ha- overcome such tremendous odds to beat Terrence Taylor? I mean, both of the Terrence Taylor, I believe, is also undefeated since becoming Terrence Taylor and joining the York Foundation. And then here's this upstart kid. If the upstart kid was to lose against the person 
with the experience of Terry Taylor combined with having this computer tactical knowledge, which they did so much better at protecting the blank screen this time. It's like Terrence Taylor heard us, went back in time and tore up the note from the li- about the Libyans and then put it back together. And he's like, oh, good. Um, to protect it, like at least that's there. That they're covering for this this going on, and I think Mr. Hughes is a great addition. I mean, it's about time that a faction has more than one person in it. Yeah. So, uh, but this still is just Dusty giving his son hand jobs um, because he's also a terrible father. Because when Dustin does start getting outnumbered, he just stands there and talks about how mad it makes him. I mean, get up and do something. I mean, <laughs> just get up and do it, man. What are you? I'll give it to you. <laughs> Oh, I can Just give do it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whatever. And it's just like and Jim Ross with the line, man, I thought I was going to have to nail you to your seat. No, you didn't. Oh, shut <laughs> you up. You going to have to do shit. <laughs> Four. Oh, shut up. Four? Four. Okay. What'd you think, man? Oh boy, uh, I don't think that the Dallas theme works for Terry Taylor. It worked for Michael Wall Street, I thought, but like hearing that music and having Terry Taylor come out, I'm like, nah. And he dyed his hair black, so I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I mean, it, he, this is the most interesting I think he's ever been that I've seen because I've never been a fan of Terry Taylor. Um, of course, like the talking up of Dustin Rhodes is a little strange. I guess, like, from Dusty. And there was never really a doubt in my mind that Dustin wasn't going to win this match because of the way... Just just the way he's been booked and and how Dusty was putting down the York Foundation. And it's really unfortunate because it's a really cool idea for a stable. And I'm sorry, like, once Terry Taylor loses, what do they do now? You know, because it's not like Dustin cheated to win. They pick up another dude. (laughs) And his name just happens to be Richard. (laughs) Richard Morgan. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's yeah, coming. He needs help. <laughs> and probably Thomas Ridge. <laughs> Thomas Ridge. Thomasino Ridge. You pick Ridge. up the two worst guys. You can... <laughs> look, look, I got two-thirds of the six-man world tag champions. <laughs> and, and don't forget the junkyard. Yeah. Mutt doggo. <laughs> they all just get longer names. <laughs> right. um, oh, yeah. Uh, the best part of the match. Loved it. Because Terry Taylor tries to be interesting. I'll give him that. He tries. He fucking fails <laughs> at being interesting. But he does succeed in making me laugh. He gets a he gets arm drag takedown by Dustin. And uh, Terry Taylor audibly asks the computer how to get out of an arm bar. <laughs> that was good. He's like, he, he's like, hey, hey, what's it say? <laughs> Reversal? <laughs> I don't know what it's about you what you want. So like I said, I wasn't shocked. However, I did think the match was okay. Uh, I actually gave this a six. The finish is really crappy. I hate it because it just makes them all look just retarded. Like re- just before. makes it look what? Looks like, say it again. Looks like a What'd you say? <laughs> Come on, you be honest with me right now. It just makes them look like buffoons. That's not what you said. <laughs> That's nowhere near the R word of the alphabet. <laughs> Come on, just be honest for once. God damn it. What? <laughs> it's what I thought. It's such a bad finish. Just the worst finish. And you're not a good human being. <laughs> Do we have to make him watch this scene from The Longest Yard? Huh, boy? Do we? 
500-pound savage body slammy. I shit my pants. <laughs> just, I mean, Mr. Hughes, he just he throws this awful punch. Yes, he does. <laughs> it just looks so bad. It is bad. <laughs> I guess because that glove weighs so much. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but he'll get better. He'll get better, too. I gave it a five. I gave it a five. I, I don't really have any more notes other than that on it. Are you sure? <laughs> you don't have one other thing to say? Not, not one. <laughs> That's just too damn bad. All right, so JR and Dusty talk to us about Big Josh and his two bears taking on Black Bart. <laughs> JR goes hip-hop and drops two live bears. As a <laughs> I think it was one of the funniest things is he tried to get hip with it. And it... So now we have Black Bart. Now, quickly, back Black Bart, it's not... If we run into him, I think we've... Yeah, 1974, he was in Blazing Saddles. Very good. Perfect. <laughs> um, Black Bart is a part of like a three-man group with uh, Dutch Mantel and uh, da, 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 Some Randy Colley, I think. I, I forget. I forget his name. But their whole thing is they come in as like these outlaws, and they want to take down Stan Hansen. That's a bad idea. And yet, like, this oh. thing is completely dropped because... Really? Oh, man. Yeah, Dusty, once again, like, sets up these dumbass things and it just doesn't really execute. Yeah, because I'd love to see Stan Hansen run through some of these guys. Oh, yeah. See him Frank Josh! <laughs> he fucking... Face, he, he face fuck, he's not in Hansen? the faction. I don't care. Like, he fucking lariats the bears. <laughs> like, a double lariat. Bite. Throws one of them into the shower stall. <laughs> he bites it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spits the chew in the bear's Six. mouth, and then Six. and then like he's Six. like he's like got him converted. Now they come out as Stan Hansen, like like oh, with yeah. hats and chaw in their mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. they don't need a wrangler. <laughs> they'll behave. <laughs> but uh, and and as he gives one of them the hat, the other one the belt. <laughs> let's because this is Charlie's match, so I just I oh, say man. it. I love the fact that Big Josh is Capetta says he's coming out with a couple of buddies. <laughs> 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 I love the way they're running so fast out in the ring. Those bears are. They, yeah. They make the Undertaker look really slow. How fast they're moving. <laughs> those, those bears got places to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jesus. They're more coordinated than Ellie Gant. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me see Sid taking on a couple of bears in a stretcher match. Oh, that'd be a match. <sighs> so this is mine? Yes. Okay. So, Big Josh, this is this is Matt Bourne. Yes. Right? Okay. Yep. I figured as much. So... You okay out over there, Dusty? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, sorry, dude. <laughs> Just your freaking... <laughs> making The Undertaker look bad. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. So, Big Josh rips off Tenta with the, uh, as JR calls it, oh, that's a big butt drop. Or the whoopee cushion? Yeah, it's it's kind of the whoopee cushion, but he does it like Earthquake. Uh, And then this match, before I can even remotely begin to enjoy it, uh, just decides to end, and Big Josh is just smiling and being a dick. Yeah, because I... It's that old. It made me think of Rocky Maivia, uh, and again, it's it's more true here than it was there. I don't like wrestlers that are really happy. I don't. I've never liked it. It makes me very mad. Uh, like, remember Rich Swan, Dick Duck, or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> no, 
Like, any guy that comes out smiling, just happy to be there. Like, this was John Cena for like three or four years. Uh, about you know, in 2010, you say like three weeks ago. I was like, yeah, well, huh. no, he's changed a little, but it's just like it's it, nothing bothers you. Then that bothers me. Well, what's who's the who? What, what's Apollo Cruz? Oh yeah, he's another worst culprits. Him. Yeah, he he's, he's terrible. No, I, I hate this shit. Did, Terry so, Taylor as the Red Rooster. <laughs> what was that weird little junk juke and jive thing he used to do when oh, he would run moving, to the ring? Like, oh, like a, oh, is that what that was? Yeah, yeah no, that, never dawned on me because he looked. What was that word you used? <laughs> I can't recall. Anyway, this match is a big bag of shit. I didn't much like it. I gave it a two. The big butt drop didn't the, do it for you. No, no, actually, that lowered the rating. <laughs> the big butt drop. That's a big butt drop. Jason, what did you think of this, man? Did you like Big Josh? <laughs> well, <clears throat> between all the talks of Bears and Capetta's buddies, I thought, man, these guys are real hip to the gay lingo. <laughs> but that was it's the way they put it. No, that's not offensive. That's a term. Uh, now I got to go after you? <laughs> just waiting. I was just waiting on Dusty to go, you know, Heath the tourist, baby. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but I will give it for, for Matt Bourne. One thing that he does is he tries to, like, he doesn't just go, well, I guess I'm a lumberjack, and that's it. The log roll is super cool. As is, is, is dumb as it is to have a lumberjack wrestler, he just stands on Black Bart and just, like, kicks and kicks and kicks and kicks. I was like, all right, that's cool. That's a half a point this match gets. I don't know why this is a match on a pay-per-view. Mm. <laughs> just yeah. We got 13 matches, guys. You think we can cut one? No, no, we got to get those bears. Um, but, you know, the after the, the win... And old Smiley, as as Charlie put it, Big Josh looks directly in the camera and says, those bears are my best friends in the whole world. <laughs> Man. Two and a half. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, there is a line where Dusty says, at one point he was arrested and broke the cuffs. It's like, what wrestler hasn't? <laughs> By Doug, Doug Dillinger arrested him and broke the cuffs. I mean, I was like, is this, was Buddy Lee Parker involved with this? Or is Buddy Lieutenant Jameson or whatever his name? What was his name? Colonel Robert Parker? <laughs> I guess not by that expression. <laughs> Colonel in the state police? Oh. Oh, state trooper. Buddy Lee Parker. Yeah, I'm talking about the other guy. Remember? Oh, the, the, his partner? Johnny Cruz. That ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that name. <laughs> Richard Carlson or what? Dirty Dick Carlson? <laughs> Dirty Dick Whatever his name Why was. Why is everything Dirty Dick with you, man? <laughs> Lieutenant Dragon, whatever his He did name. that. He's the one who made me think like that. Dirty Dick. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's Dirty Dick. <laughs> Dave. It's Lieutenant Dave. That's just whatever Lieutenant it is. Lieutenant Dave. Dave. There's a gimmick? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so uh, my rating of two. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ah. <laughs> uh, Two. <laughs> so what was it gonna be if it wasn't two? I mean, I, I was, I, I didn't want to say two and a half because I, can't, I don't like doing halves. I don't either. I try to keep. I was it like, to a minimum. I, you know what? I was like, commit two. It's not quite a three. It's a two. Do you round up oh. or do you round down? I don't think. I mean, if other people use halves. That's fine. I just want to. I, I, I want to make. I have one busy. half on here, so like, I think that's an accomplishment. Capetta then brings out Paulie. Oh wait, everyone's got the ratings in, right? I want to make. I'm sure not Jason. Jason hasn't. I'm said sorry, it. Jason. What was your rating on yeah, this? Yeah, I got two and a half. Two, two and, and a half because oh. he got a half for the log. Yeah. Oh, the log roll put him over. Well, good for <laughs> That's Josh. That's what did it. 
Capetta brings out Paulie Dangerously, who looks like a 90s dad with a cowboy hat. Stan Hansen beats his music to the ring. Like, Stan Hansen gets the ring before his music starts. Is Paulie, uh, does he have any issues? Because uh, he, he keeps complaining about the mic. I hear him just fine. Is he making up problems, like, uh, for something to complain about? He's giving himself some business. Yeah, I think that's what he's doing, too. Um, Hansen makes fun of Paulie's New, New York cowboy hat. He issues an open challenge to anyone to step into the ring with a real, and I put sexy man. <laughs> Come on! But then he leaves. And then Paul just runs down the rest of the card pumping up the heels. And that's all this is. As a paycheck. We're really him. using this guy well. Yeah. But no, we have to have Dusty at the, at the table. Right. So now we get the entrance of Oz. And we get a voiceover that sets up the character, an old man who was Kevin Sullivan. I did double check out this so. morning, right? Ushers the Wizard of Oz crew from Party City or wherever they came from. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the old man. Halloween Express. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sullivan keeps just saying, Welcome to Oz. <laughs> As you put it, he runs out of choices pretty he fast. He really does. It, it, he brings him to the presence of the character Oz, who looks just, because when it's far away, it looks even more massive. Yeah. Just by scale, um, the Wizard of Oz characters just instantly bail. Like they don't. They, there is no lion. They, no, I don't think there is. Maybe there was. I love how the I, mean, tin, I love lion. how the costumes are shittier than from the movie that was fifty years before at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, because that Tin Man costume. I'm like, mm. they. So then, Oz then comes. To, the whole logistics of this are just bonkers. It's like the Wizard of Oz characters are going from like the ring up to the ramp area where the mm -hmm. entrance is and then Oz comes down from the ramp back to the ring himself <laughs> doing that walk which is just awesome talk about the music real quick what you said uh, right because I'll be honest um, I didn't know this was the show with Oz so like I got really excited there for a sec because I've never actually seen this thing all the way through the music is actually really cool like while they're walking up and there's like a certain amount of uh, un WCW spectacle to this which I really find fascinating. Like it gets, it's like, it's it's too stupid for WWE. I think, even though I'm sure there's something that's worse. But but there's something about this that I, I really like. And they get up there, and then the music does this drastic change, where it becomes generic, crappy WCW bullshit music. Like it's just because it's like da da, like it's like really intense. And then all of a sudden, Describe this like, walk. It's oh, like, it's I mean it's it's like uh what's the best way to put this? It's like the Vince McMahon walk. <laughs> That's a good start. But but the shoes aren't the right size. Like it just looks goofy. Like just like he can't quite maneuver properly. The music's god awful. I totally forgot that Oz wore a mask. Because it's like, how old is this guy? <laughs> He looks like the guy from the Inner Sandman video, like when yeah. he's coming down the ramp. And then, of course, he takes it off, and you know, it's Kevin Nash. It's which made me kind of sad because uh, Rip Master Blasters. Yeah. I know. I guess I guess they're not in the top ten anymore. That's what I thought too. I was like, well, I guess uh, one of the Tom Zink and whoever the hell his partner has moved up. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize this. 1991. This is right after Turner had bought. All those MGM yes. properties, and the, the whole reason they did this character—that's it—is to promote that movie being on that TBS. And I was like, "That's kind of smart." That's really smart. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but at the same time, pro wrestling is is the. Well, thing that's actually a, a note that I wrote. Pro wrestling is so fucking weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But 
this almost is is okay, right? But, but people just have memories of this just being awful, which it's only off somewhat awful. Whose match is this? Oh God! By the way, uh, Jason, did be you yours. All right, so uh, this ends in less than a minute. Helicopter powerbomb. Oz is the winner. Rating. I'm, I, I still gave it a two. Okay. Because I'm, if I'm not thinking about the future, I'm like, it's ridiculous. But like, once he starts wrestling, like, I'm kind of interested in seeing this guy do some stuff, even though mm-hmm. it just looks just ungodly ridiculous. But you know, anyway, Jason, what do you think? This has all the spectacle and budget of a church nativity play. Um, it is just, I remember this and I remember going, what the hell is happening? Even in my head, I'm like, what the hell is happening? Um, with this narration and these characters, quote, quote, uh, running up and then Oz turning around. And I was like, at first I was like, oh man, this is going to be cool. And then he turns around and you see that shitty cheap mask on him. Don't it just body ruined it. <laughs> that would have been the best. Yes, yeah, it, oh, that's awesome. So uh, it. Go ahead, Jason. Um, oh, thank you. Um, so I just when he takes the mask off, Kevin Nash, like now you know you know. Oh, okay. There, there's something. I don't understand why they just didn't have like him wearing a big hood or something. Not that stupid mask. And Kevin Sullivan's Welcome to Oz with the the poor monkey that he keeps, keeps like jerking around his neck. Um, I, I think the guy's name that he's gonna fight is Tim Porter. Parker. Uh, Parker is it Parker? It is Parker. My handwriting's terrible. Um, <laughs> well, I don't I mean, think we've even mentioned this guy yet. Because <laughs> yeah. because yeah, he's he's insignificant. He really is. He's just there to take this. You know, uh, Twister Tornado Power that looks scary as shit, um, and for Oz to pin him. And the thing is, is, is it's been months since the Master Blasters were a thing, at least on on any of the things we've watched. And he still got the hair and a little bit of the smudge from working out in the steel mills with the other Master Blaster on him. Um, and he's just got this look like, surprise, it's me! And, and it's just, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I gave this a 2.5 because I like making Charlie do math. God damn it, Jason. <laughs> I would say, wouldn't it be great if Tim Parker comes back next month? His name is Tom Patton. He's just got, like, just different colored trunks. That's all it is. <laughs> they just keep shaving, like, his, his beard and give him a slice. Just a little bit more. Just shave it just a little bit more. He is much it's like the there was a production designer in the first Resident Evil movie that kept using as an extra zombie, and they were just cutting more of his hair, more of his facial hair off. And like by the last scene they needed him for, he was like a completely clean-shaven bald dude. And that's just like just you say in that truck. That's like oh, cool. nice, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, would you? <laughs> Why don't you come out to play here? <laughs> I like the idea that Oz would wrestle. In his part time, like from the movie or from the books, and just like, yeah, you know, I think I'll come out from behind that curtain and uh, kick a little ass. <laughs> like, like the he goes and fights the entire Lollipop Guild, <laughs> just, <laughs> just little Billy Barney just flying all over the place, and like, one hanging in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, Austin <laughs> on the Cross <laughs> episode <laughs> of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> he bow now I just want the military spelling of lollipop. 
<laughs> so we can get shield. <laughs> There's uh, you could repackage one of the the women in WCW to be like Glenda. Like like, like you could. Th- this is an interesting idea on some level. Uh, like I love the finisher. It's Glenda Blaze. <laughs> As I, shut up. As I was saying, there is an interesting. He does a tornado powerbomb, which is really fucking cool because of the tornado in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like, I, I really... I wonder if if they realize... If they realize that, or if it was just like, well, he can't just do a powerbomb. It's got to be something, like, really cool. He just took it from Sid. Yeah, because that's like... Sid, Sid unfortunately, I've already seen this, yeah. so it's like, I can't get too excited. Oh, shit! <laughs> but it is funny to think that the characters from the Wizard of Oz would walk down the hallway, that classic scene... And then they'd all just fuck off and go, go out the window. And then Oz would come. You guys want to go to Zesto's? I like thinking what Oz does when nobody's trying to bother him. Like just walking down the hall like he does here and just... <sighs> Welcome to Oz. Welcome. Well, I made some choices. <laughs> I made some choices. I'll kill the witch myself. It's just like Oz is just walking He up, power bombs the house on the top of her. <laughs> God. Like, there's a lot of interesting things you can possibly do here, I guess, but WCW's not the right company for it. He goes, Oz goes to Kansas and wipes out the whole family. He just, he's like, I'm not finished. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. Oz goes to Kansas. <laughs> it's Oz with an earnest hat. Just give a gallop death metal guitarist. That would be so good. Uh, last but not least, I will say my favorite part of this match, because it kind of just ruins this, Oz enters the ring by going over the top rope, and they make a big deal out of it. But in typical Kevin Nash style, he wins the match and then exits under the top rope, making him look small. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as I saw that... A little tension in the quad. Yeah, I just nope, like, nope, nope. I can't go over the top this time. I will give him this. I love Nash on Twitter. Like he goes That was a good little tweet he put yeah. out. You know, I, I, oh, people only remember the adjective or, and or the, my quad. You know, I just, I'm a legend or whatever the hell he's... I mean, and I was like, you kind of have a point. Yeah. But, yep. And that, I was like, yeah, I can, I can admit that, but still... At, Ex- entering from the top rope, ex- exiting underneath, it just looks stupid. Would you give this? Man? I gave it a four. Cool. I okay. did enjoy no, this I'm at a certain level. Yeah. It's just funny how this all goes downhill from here quickly. If you think, like, not thinking about the future of how, but just this match in a vacuum, this whole entrance and everything, like, it's legendary. It's kind of fun in a way. But I yeah, mean, in a way. So, Missy Hyatt goes backstage for her locker room interview. She sees Terrence Taylor getting dressed and tries to get a comment on the road smash. Taylor wonders why she's even in there. He clearly didn't see this the the promo earlier. <laughs> He's not paying attention. Why would I watch the show? I know. <laughs> why would I be even remotely interesting? Because <laughs> that's the way I read it. He's like, oh god, do I have to talk? I can't do that. <sighs> Missy, where's wonders, my computer? Yeah, Tell where's me the how computer? To talk to yeah. <laughs> Taught me how to get out of an arm bar. Maybe it can help me talk to girls. <laughs> Uh, she, uh, Missy, Missy Hyatt wonders if the Z-Man is in the shower. Instead, she finds none other than Stan Hansen pulling up his boxers. Hold on. Hold on. So, first of all, Stan Hansen, he, he's too fucking big because you see him peek around the corner and, and then and just kind of slowly go back. But then he comes out and he's basically in his underwear, which I'm like, does he sh- shower like that? 
Well, then you kind of pulling him up. Like he tries to act like he's just. Well, he takes off his clothes while the shower's running, like while he's in the shower. Like, oh shit, I forgot again. <laughs> no, no, Charlie, you're missing the big picture. Stan Hansen is the guy who took a shower in his swim trunks in high school. <laughs> Could see that. That's why he's upset. <laughs> That's his secret. And That's why he stands like a T Rex yelling at her with what, his chew hanging out. And what the hell does Dusty do here? Like he's, I. I I, I actually, my note is literally, Dusty rambles, and then it says, I ain't seen, and then he just goes off on that. Like, I ain't, what was it? I ain't never seen anything like that before? Right. Like, I, once again, he issued an open challenge, and he's like, I, I guess he went back, took a shower, he's like, fuck it, I'm going home. <laughs> it's one of the best open challenges. I do like the idea. Open challenge, goes and takes a shower, I'll go wrestle. <laughs> you got a shower again, though. <laughs> so, once again, Missy Hyatt has been... <laughs> embarrassed once again just just terrible but it's of course it's funny Tate fist match Women. flying Brian taking on Barry Windham as we move oh, on oh what an interesting match this yeah is. so Jason we have the again Tate fist match which means punching is legal <laughs> but a lot of things still aren't I know yeah what do you think of this it's, Jay uh, we get a line flying Brian has proven he can take a tremendous amount of punishment and with Stan Payne, just don't count the match that we called to an end uh, because of him being knocked out as anything. Uh, a standing drop tick to a guy as tall as Barry Windham, who's on the top turnbuckle, that's pretty impressive. You know, it goes to show that his name truly is Schlein Brian Pillman. Uh, Barry Windham still looks like a dumbass with his haircut. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is when I noticed, I guess, that Nick Patrick looks like he's been working out. And he's got his ref polo fully unbuttoned. He is like, I am in Florida looking to mingle. Nick Patrick, it is cracking me He's, he's working on his special. He's been learning from Stan Hansen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. And the Bears. Chick, Chick Mac CM Nick Patrick. That's right. Because uh, the Chick Magnet. So uh, this match happens. I don't know when they start bleeding. Um, or as far as what causes it, they just bleed. And then uh, Pillman kicks out at three. Um, I gave this a four and a half. I wasn't really interested in this. Were you? It, uh, it's not bad. Uh, Barry Windham is the greatest professional wrestler in the sport today, and that's my opinion. Like, <laughs> all right? Like, it was just so out of left field for Dusty to say that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know why he would do that. Dusty says that there's no rules. Right after a rope break. <laughs> I got a real problems with rope breaks on this show. That don't they don't make sense. Uh, I don't really understand the tape fist part of it. Uh, I've never really heard of this before. Is it just like basically you can do closed punches now? Is that what that means? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Why don't they just wear boxing gloves? Uh, and just that's that's not a good idea. I don't. Well, well <laughs> that's Bart Gun. <laughs> uh, Barry Windham, I think it's busted open on the guardrail. That seems to be like WCW's favorite place to get guys to bleed. And just throw them in the guardrail. Uh, <laughs> so Barry Windham wins with a superplex, and Dusty calls it the. Other than the figure four, it's the most famous move in pro wrestling. So let me get this straight. So the superplex is more famous than the suplex. Oh, that's like a little version of the superplex. Oh, that's kind of cool. Just. <laughs> What? No. 
and, and more famous than the Frankensteiner. More famous than the Frankensteiner, the, or the Stinger big, Splash. Or the big boot leg drop. Big, yeah, the big, which was the most famous move. Uh, no, mm -hmm. this is just... This is... Uh, the, the commentating's not good, but I thought the match was okay. I gave it a six. I gave it a six as well. Mm. Mm. You know what I think the, the commentating... Yeah, sorry, the commentating was building up, Charlie. What's it's that? almost like Dusty Rhodes was talking up somebody so that when his son faced him, it would make his son seem even bigger. I mean, is that going to happen? I think Pretty so. I, I don't... Does, you know, Dustin starts moving up in the ranks... Soon, yep. I believe, and I don't remember if he has a feud with Barry Windham or not in the Battle of the Tall Blonde Guys with Cowboy Boots, but um, I kind of think it's a thing, but it would make sense. That's what I would do. You know, if my son was getting ready to go through people, I'd start telling everybody they're the greatest wrestler I ever fucking live. If I were Barry Windham and I heard Dusty say that while I was in a match, I would confront him backstage and go, are you about to put me in a program with Dustin? Because <laughs> I'll leave. You are. Because I'm, I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> he sucks. I'll get all the ratings in? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're good. Okay. All right, so now we go to the Diamond Mine with DDP and the Diamond Dolls. He still doesn't understand that his wireless mic is live at all times and leaves everyone... Oh, am I on? He leaves everybody a little bit confused in the beginning. Bang? Do I tell him to power it up? <laughs> Bang? <laughs> he gloats over getting the Freebirds to the U.S. Tag Team titles. He then switches gears because... I didn't realize he's actually he's this is his transition off of them because he's this is he's I don't think he's with the Freebirds after tonight I don't think he then switches gears and he talks Steiner's versus Steiner's versus Luger and Sting for whatever reason uh, and and then we um, they he's gonna well he'll throw it to the um, to this promo this video promo which is bland and forgetful with Luger and Sting which by the way Sting has not done his die he hasn't gone to the Richard Kimball die school yet to get his <laughs> Take care of his roots, because man, they're coming through big Trying time. To come through. Um, we get a hint of DDP's 1998 promo style. He starts to get to the stop plosives a little bit. You notice it yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. He's starting to get into it, but of course, it's all obliterated by when he has to do the the good god. Yeah, it's just terrible. But then he is shifting gears and he brings out a um, the, he brings out the diamond stud. Yeah, looking. So, just like Razor Ramon, but way more jacked. Yes, like, way more. My God. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Paige talks about who could possibly be his studettes. Like he just has names for everything and everybody. But they're they're touring. Yeah. You gotta find. Right. <laughs> I like the idea of a tour to find a woman to take off this dude's pants. Like ah, ninety one, folks. <laughs> I thought this was really funny though, because once the promo's over, like I literally just sat back and went. What the fuck was that? I know. And then JR even kind of makes a comment. Yeah, JR's not impressed. Well, there you have it. <laughs> it was weird to have a talk show. Like, there's so many talk show segments because we have the Danger Zone. Now you have the Diamond Mine. And the Diamond Mine has two chairs, but his guests aren't technically there. It's like a video they did that they didn't know they were going to be part of this video segment. It made no sense. And then he covers it up by saying that Sting and Luger aren't big enough stars to be on the the premiere episode of the Diamond Mine. I just but some guy you've never seen before is. Alright. Yeah, it Although I will say, pretty impressive. It's the first Diamond Mine ever, and yet it's the greatest talk show in wrestling. DDP, he's a good salesman. You know, I told Bammer to I told be Bammer. <laughs> Randy Orton, when Randy Orton was four years old, 
You could use the Dominic. They wanted the pink Cadillac. I drove it to the ring. <laughs> Good God. <clears throat> I swear I've heard... <laughs> I think we've heard the pink Cadillac story like a billion yeah. times as well. That's another one. All right. Up next, a real gem. This is a real gem. I think this is... Right is this mine? Is this play your words there. I guess it is. Yeah, because he Jason had the tape fist match, so you get this little oh, this little dandy, Sid Vicious versus Elegante in a stretcher match. Which on paper you're like, holy god, we're here, we're gonna do this. So right off the bat, Elegante grabs the stretcher, starts walking it down, fails three times. <laughs> Can't figure out how to pull a stretcher. I, is it because he's too tall and he can't bend down that far? Like, I, I couldn't really figure it out. And then, so he just, oh, fuck it. And he just picks it up and puts it over his shoulder. And I'm like, he couldn't carry that stretcher down with nobody on it. Like, what's he, what's going to happen What's gonna happen when he has to put somebody on it? And move? Well. <laughs> well. Well, don't worry. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, uh, it's, honestly, Dusty Rhodes trying to say Elegante is, is a more interesting match to me. I... I don't remember him having a problem with this before, but like you said it earlier. El Guiante. That's what he says, El Guiante. I'm like, that ain't a word. <laughs> I took Spanish in college. <laughs> that ain't it. Um, let's see. Sid uh, Sid is really selling for Elegante. I don't know why. I don't know like why he would... Unless he liked the guy or something. Like it just, It's a little odd to see Sid kind of acting like that. Um that, what what happened here? Yeah, so so Sid Sid does a kick to Eligante, and then Jr. says, "Oh, I think Sid just low blowed Eligante," and then Dusty says, "Well, you gotta break him down." <laughs> like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's all right. Um, and then out of fucking nowhere, there's a a claw slam or whatever that mm. stupid fucking Goes liar thing liar on the motherfucker yeah. it's over dude so he hits him with it one two three and it's just mass confusion going on in my head because I'm like oh, oh okay he pinned him so now he's gonna put him on the stretch fuck you the match is over I what the fuck's that stretcher doing out there and then it's like I, I just imagine like the chaos going on backstage and Hey, tell him to get him dressed. One man gang, you work here? Get out there. Yeah, uh, so OMG gets out there and, and just starts selling for Elegante. He gets like body slam. Dude, I love Elegante like this. Elegante has got to be the biggest wrestler I've ever seen who isn't strong. Like, you just assume that these big giant guys can just like body slam a building. And then like, he tries to pick up one man gang. It ain't working. It ain't happening. He'd have more luck body slamming that bear. And he puts him on the stretcher and just kind of sits in there. It's You got Kevin Sullivan out there who's like four foot six. Welcome to... Oh, well, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to hell. Because <laughs> that's where we are right here. Uh, this is so fucking awful. <laughs> it's really bad. And it's bad. I love Sid. Now you told me that this was because He's Sid out, was on his way out oh, yeah, the yeah. door. That's why. As which, soon as that pinfall happens, he rolls out and he is gone. He is not even good seen. for Sid. Because the crowd this is bullshit. You hear the crowd? They do that. Whatever you call that chant. Whenever somebody's leaving, the hey 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 goodbye. Na na Yeah. Oh, for Sid? Oh, fuck them. No, 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 no. 
It's not like we really like the St. Petersburg crowd. No, they're, they're Missy Hyatt bullshit, and then they're, they're turning on Sid. No. Like, oh, really? You're going with Eligante? Yeah, there's a fucking future. You know, fuck this. Uh, I gave this a one. I gave it a one. Jason, what'd you give it? Would you like it? Do you have anything to add to it? Okay. I'm just oh, kidding. Buddy, I'm we're just... talking about we're talking about double digit scores here, fellas. Uh, no, um, I, I don't understand how like where Charlie was saying, Elegante is like the weakest big wrestler. He's also in a pocket where he sells in slow motion. Oh, it's the like worst it, selling. It's the WrestleMania ever. nine selling all the time. Just, yeah, you hit, you hit him. You could just like kill two minutes of a movie off one punch of him, and he's just got this look like he's like a bad guy falling to his doom. Looks like he just shits um, his pants every time. He's got the Hans Gruber face. He get like on that on that on that guy's mug. Yeah, it, it's like he's getting punched by Mister Hughes's glove full of an atomic bomb. Is what it's like because he just like, Superman punch. Shit. <laughs> I hate have it. you ever heard? Yeah, Mr. Mc, Officer McLean, have you ever heard of uh, Elegante? Rings a bell, yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> the sound effects are brought to you by the New Blood Rising. Elegante. <laughs> Mr. Officer McLean, have you ever you ever heard of him? <laughs> oh God. Okay. J. All right. Jason, what what'd you end up giving this? I mean, I don't know now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is top to bottom. This is shit. Um, it sucks that, you know, like I knew if I was on my way out of somewhere, like you're not going to do this to me, especially if I was Sid. But, I mean, Sid, I guess, is a professional and just takes the pin, gets out. The crowd starts singing. Here comes the one-man gang. Charlie, I love your OMG. I just think if the one-man gang was around today, that would be his whole thing. He's, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, oh, I'm text talk. Look out, I'm OMG. Uh, and this is definitely way after Akeem, right? Hmm. Oh, no, it's before, because, you know, there's a 90s Akeem run. Oh, I could I don't remember it when, when Akeem was the African dream to make fun of old Dusty. Um. So it's just, uh, uh, other than, you know, the two minutes you guys made with the noises, um, there's not much I can say about this match, so I, I give it a two. <laughs> Still gave it a two after all that? After that match? Well, I mean, it was Sid, you know. I mean, so, I love kinda. Sid. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to let Sid go out on a one. Oh, boy. Here it comes. Strap in. Wait, wait. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we have contact. <laughs> this is god awful. Like this is this is one of the I'm this is the worst thing out of all the seasons we've done. This is worse than any Russo thing. This is just a train wreck. And I feel bad because I kind of I I remember praising Elegante. I was like, man, like the way he like listens to the crowd is pretty good. It was a complete accident, obviously, because he's a moron. I hate to say that, but he's just kind of stupid. And and then on top of that, like when he was in some of those situations in previous shows, it's like, okay, we'll throw him into a tag match, but don't have him show up until really the end. Don't have him get until the end. We'll hide this. Well, unfortunately, Sid's not the kind of guy you like. You kind of have to. 
show your hand at this point. What kind of wrestler you are? Because Sid's not going to be the kind of guy to lead you and kind of help, ex- you know, help boost your strengths and hide your weaknesses. It's it's all going to come out. Slow and boy, does it. Slow down. Like the corner spot is just hysterical. How he tries to boot him and just he can't get his leg up and <laughs> boots him in the dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a zero. <laughs> Fuck all of this. This is ridiculous. This is the worst sh- And I'm sorry. Like, I love Sid. But... This is the worst match ever. You've, I, I don't think we've ever had a zero. I, I'm, it's, I didn't know we could do zero. <laughs> so, I mean, you could take a I test. I didn't either. I've always wanted to do this. I wanted to go into a class, take a test, and purposely get Bomb every Just question it. wrong so I could get a zero by trying. Instead of... I mean, you can get a zero by obviously not doing anything not even showing but up like, that's what that was my but, move but they actually go through and fill out like the a scantron <laughs> a scan- and get a zero that would be my goal one time <laughs> you gotta put your name wrong <laughs> you gotta will i am Rickon? oh no <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sorry I, I i i'd love i'd love to give this a one but i can't because there are ones that are 100 percent better than this. there are ones that are tens compared to this all right, so uh, I, I do. Dusty has a line. He's like, "We haven't seen the last of these these great two battle." It's like, like I, I think he's having a problem on this show. Like Dusty, Jason talked about the respiratory problems. Like, are we sure that he doesn't need medical attention at this point? Because it just seems like he, he's just kind of, just kind of off. And then it gets worse. Yeah, for, off for Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. He just really does. Like. Good for him if he's coming in working sick. I mean, in all honesty, but like, you know, he maybe looks sick. Like, not that kind of. Just where where he's having trouble breathing, just as off as he is. If he's just getting tired and woozy or whatever, you know, it's fine. There's you got Heyman, you got Shivani who just did commentary for your Japan special. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of people who could fill that role if he's sick. No big deal. Fucking get Renee Young. She'll do it. That, dude, That's that my Renee face Young face. The, that face for that I, show. I, I feel like the marketing department really hates her. <laughs> the thumbnail in is WWE. Just the worst. Well, her action figure is horrible, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen it, it's hilarious. It's just, dude, I mean, have you seen the the Bailey action figure is like she's in mid-yell, uh, which is really weird for Bailey. Uh, and it's just like, argh, like it's, it's like an Iron Maiden cover. <laughs> on a Bailey figure, um, it's, it's just to describe it, because they had tried to have some cutesy little, like robot chicken stop motion with some of the wrestler figures, and like it's their normal voices, but it's like there's just you know everyone looks normal, and Bailey should just be at the end of the table going, I love playing with glue, you know, should be her thing. You know? <laughs> it's just disturbing. It's like they don't they they also they they treat they really treat women. Like with very short shelf lives for interest, like two to three months, you're out of the picture. Here comes someone else. Two to three months, that person's out of the picture. They just rotate them and they bring them back in. I, I just sorry, I just noticed that where recently, and they're where they're making a big deal. Like we're really the first major company to do an all women's pay per view. If you don't count the Shimmer and the this and the this and the this and the constant women's tournaments in Japan, but it's us, us, us. And and I'm not being a WWE hater. It's just you know, it's getting kind of to the point where it's annoying. Sorry. No, that's cool. That's a good point. Um, 
I've heard of a Thunderdome cage match, but I'm pretty sure this is the Thunder Doom uh, cage match we have yes. here, which is and it's just awesome. a it's just a cage match, right? We have Ron Simmons taking on Butch Reed, who have the schism is now complete. We're now going to have the match here, the blow off of this uh, feud. Butch, both of them come out to the same music. Uh, Butch Reed has gone to the uh, the trunks, but has maintained the Doom boots. Has mm-hmm. not changed those. Ron Simmons has changed everything. He's got his own Ron Simmons singles career. And he seems to be asking the crowd a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Dusty does try to pump up music. Well, we're 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 pretty close to Florida State. Well, that's not gonna be the first last time you hear that reference on this match. But the the he doesn't get like this overwhelming pop. It gets a pretty good pop. Like I think like I think it, it sounds like they were banking on a big hometown pop mm, for him almost. Black guy. Uh, so uh, we also have the thing. T- Teddy Long is going to be suspended in a unbeknownst to him. Yeah, apparently because I love how Jr. is like. He, this shouldn't be surprising to him. It's one of the best JR comments I, of the I night. I feel like it's always like this with this suspend the dickhead up in the cage. Like, <laughs> suspend the dickhead. <laughs> I, I, every single time it's like, now, hey, wait a minute. It just, I, I hate it. Uh, so Dusty, once, once again, it doesn't take long. We're all in hyping Ron Simmons' FSU career. Just tons of it. We're getting tons of it between him and JR talking about his career as a football player. Um, this is kind of a boring match, yep. sadly. Uh, Butchery basically dominates Ron Simmons throughout most of it. We, we get, he gets busted open twice, like in the mouth, and he gigs, I think, at some point. And it's it's just unfortunate. When Ric Flair and Butch Reed are wrestling, Ric Flair can lead him. Mm-hmm. And that was a great match. Remember, we really liked it. It was good. But yeah. Butch Reed leading Ron Simmons. And even though Butch Reed's a guy who was at WrestleMania, he's is a guy who's wrestled on a big stage. Not the best guy. Not He's definitely not a ring general. Maybe a ring lieutenant. Not quite a ring general yet. Um, but, uh, of course, when we get towards our finish here... Uh, because I'm leaving the football stuff to you guys, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that because I know you guys will do it better than me. The uh, Teddy drops a chain. I thought it was a horseshoe at first, into the because <laughs> the way the way it was on the ground, it was like the hell is that? But it's a chain, and um, of course it it the the, the whole thing is thwarted, and uh, Ron Simmons ducks the ducks the chain shot and hits an awesome looking spine buster. Uh, to win the match, win the feud, wins Doom. He's he gets probably gets to keep the music. <laughs> he wins Doom. <laughs> the divorce. Dana, Dana, Dana. Delta Omega Omega Michael Doom. <laughs> Not as cool when you have consecutive letters. <laughs> better if it was Naga. <laughs> I still gave it a five because it. I think there is room to believe that, like, okay, Ron, I think Ron Simmons could could do pretty well on his own. Um, I think just, he, he had, like, there is a certain amount of charisma to Ron Simmons. It just doesn't come through very well in this match. But I think uh, it's a pretty serviceable end to this, uh, to this feud. So, um, Jason, what did you think, man? Did you like this one? A shark cage and a cage is a hat on a hat. Um, it, it, I think it's just a little too much. 
um, and very surprising that this is that this there. They don't announce it. You know, you think it'd be like, hey, we're going to have a cage match, and Teddy Long will be. No, how many people is Teddy Long managing? You know, you would think that if if I was a manager of a tag team and my tag team was breaking up and I was still aligned with one of them, and I had just introduced a new client earlier in the night, what a great opportunity to showcase my new client by possibly getting involved in a match. Nope, Johnny B. Bad, nowhere to be seen. Guess he's too pretty for the cake. Um, at some point during the match, it's I think it's when Butch Reed or Ron Simmons, one of the two, was uh, doing the cheese grater on the cage. Dusty Rhodes says that this is what cage matches are for. They're there to settle scores. They're not there for fireworks, which is really funny because there are fireworks, obviously, taped across the top. And I guess they heard it and realized it wasn't the main event, so don't set the fireworks off. <laughs> uh, you hear, not only do we hear about how Dusty Rhodes won the United States, or excuse me, the, the World Heavyweight Championship here in this very building in Florida, but Dusty Rhodes has been in more cage matches than there have been cage matches in the existence of, of Earth. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it, the, their commentary really points out the slow spots here. Like, you know, I'm cool with two big dudes that are going to beat the shit out of each other uh, for a little bit and then have to ground, ground and pound a little bit and then pick it up, great. But it does get a little exhausting at times. Um, the one of the favorite parts of the whole match is the very beginning where Ron Simmons and Butch Reed start beating the shit out of each other. But instead of showing that, the dude struggle with the lock on the cage door for a good 30 seconds because that's good TV. Um, and football? Mm, football. Football? Mm, football. Let's make the same football reference but two minutes apart from one another. Uh, I can't, like, it. I, I don't understand. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm not a big football sports guy. But when Jim Ross goes, if Ron Simmons doesn't do something, it's about to be the fourth quarter for him pretty quick. That's still fit. That's, that's 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could be winning in the fourth quarter. There, there is a point where he confuses himself because he says it's fourth and one for yes. him. And it's like, you realize he played defense. So, like, you're going to have to. And he instantly tries to flip it. He's like, well, you know, even if he's trying to stop him on fourth down, jam. Shit. <laughs> jam. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> that's. Yeah, baby, <laughs> for that one. And it's just, oh, um, but I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, I don't understand how there are rope breaks in a cage match. That's real confusing. Um, at least this isn't one of those, there are three ways to win. This is, just seems like we just got you two dudes locked in the cage so you can beat the shit out of each other. Um, I'm starting to think maybe they need metal detectors when they put dudes in shark cages because they all seem to be able to throw down things to their their compatriot even though i like how this cage was not above the ring um i got real nervous for the cameraman who decided to go stand right up under that cage especially when teddy long that they're jumping up and down in. i'm like oh no yeah, that guy draws the short straw for that bless their hearts man every yeah. time they've done a cage match that guy on the inside you know they're ready for combat it's mvp <laughs> he is and it's the dude he's he's losing so much weight i'm so happy for him um but you know, you get to see the Ron Simmons spine buster. The crowd reacts okay to Ron Simmons winning. I think if he was little, had been a face a little bit longer or actually established as a face, I think he would have got a bigger pop. Um, but they were too much relying on the hometown thing. Because, you know, just because you're, you wrestle or, excuse me, you play football in Florida doesn't mean you're going to get applauded everywhere you go in Florida. Uh, but I give this bad boy a four. Real quick, Dust. This is to bring up Jason's point about Dusty is like a three-man booth because he, he, he contradicts himself because they drop. I'll tell you the exact number, but they drop a lot of football references. 
And then he backtracks at the end by saying, well, this ain't football. It's like, well, then what the, what are we doing here, Dust? What are we doing? <laughs> it's like the other one comes out to play. It's great. Charlie, just, just go at it, man. Just, sir, just. I'm glad no one mentioned this. So, Dusty talked to Burt Reynolds earlier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ron Simmons is Burt Reynolds' favorite wrestler? F f well, yeah. No, no, he said yeah, wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> no, he's not. I, I I don't think so. I'm a, I'm a dirty Dutch man, guy. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, that was Norm McDonald. <laughs> I mean, it's plausible. It's not that far-fetched. Not the part about calling him. Because Burt Reynolds went to FSU and played football. Didn't? Right, but... I, I could believe... Because we know Burt Reynolds has some connection. Because he's well, been he's at WrestleMania 10. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's it's not inconceivable. The part that's inconceivable is, like you said, he called him up. Hey, man. I got, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestler? And please be a WCW guy. Bandit! <laughs> I just love it. Hey, Bert, it's Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh, you know, Virgil Reynolds. V Virgil Reynolds. <laughs> Executive producer Virgil Reynolds on the line for you. <laughs> um, I'll just read my notes for this one because I can't really elaborate on this specifically. I put crowd shots are hilarious, and then right underneath it I wrote awful looking people. I just. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> There really were. There were some real mongoloids sitting out there in that, in that crowd. You know there were. Don't act like this is a foreign idea. <laughs> it's an international idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some horrifying, some horrifying looking freaks out there in, the, in WCW. Like Charlie Spill, agent of ICE. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like him. Anyway. This took a turn. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, uh, so back to the match. What? I just can't believe that was really a lead off with that one. I, on base. <laughs> I almost took second off for that. So there's, uh, of course, the rope break. Jason mentioned that. I thought I, I like the, the intensity of the match. Sometimes is is fun because yeah, it should be. It should be kind of hard hitting. Uh, I, I love the spine buster. I love the way Ron Simmons does that. Uh, unfortunately, though, the match is kind of boring. And it shouldn't be, but, you know, Ron Simmons is new to this. You know, having a singles career, having a face run, stuff like that. And we know where he goes later on, and he's great. But um, I can't I can't recommend this match too highly. I gave it a five. A uh, couple quick things. Philip Goad coming out of the bullpen again. He's got a real heater here. Super Bowls, the Super Brawl football stats. JR 17, Dusty 8. A total of 25 football references. He doubled and, Dusty. And it's like, if you take out the one match, this match, it drops to nine. That's how many they drop in this match alone. Well, now, let's bring up the line. Yeah, the line. The line. Of the fucking night. Okay, yeah, because we forgot to mention. After the match is over. Is it JR or Dusty who says? It's Dusty. Yeah. It's Dusty. Dusty said, Florida State Seminoles won. Read zero. Yeah. The f you fucking idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what? What is? Are they trying to get an endorsement from the Florida State Seminoles? Yeah, exactly. Because because that's exactly something NCAA would be cool about is WCW. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see more of that odds. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Let's send them up to Georgia State. They've got a. They've got an opener. We need Oz. It's terrible. So. um... 
Everyone good? Yeah, everyone's yeah, good. Okay, good. Then, uh, okay. JR and Dusty then expound upon the World Tag Team title match coming up. I don't think it's going to be friend versus friend. I think it's going to be going for the gold. A a just stellar commentary. <laughs> stellar. Then we get, I, I can't believe I'm saying this in 1991, a video package? Yes, and a good one. Yeah. I like this yeah. one. I do. I re you didn't? Dude, this is pretty good. This is very clearly... It ain't my way, but no. it's all right. It's fucking downtrodden music in the beginning. It's desire. But, yeah. but, no, but, but this is the Kid teams. Rock. Up and down that long... John Jimston here putting out this bullshit. <laughs> the the best part, it. though, is the end with the PowerPoint Photoshop oh, yeah, Express. Okay. They just that looks straight out of a video. The diners over some other... Over, I think it was Doom when it was Sting and Luger. They fought Doom. It reminds me of the, uh, the video package from Revenge. When it ends with Sting and Hogan yeah. like standing next to each other, and you're like, "Oh, they clearly just put two images yeah. together." Like, uh, what's the story? Like, a video package tells a really story. Real big fan favorites. Do you think that like, that's the story? Everybody knows who these guys are, and this is acting like we're introducing them. Who who ate that Frankenstein? Oh that, man, I wanted to see that again. That was, like, that was, that yeah. was Tom Patton. <laughs> Tom Patton. <laughs> he was he was Trent. Darby. Trent Darby. I like it. Trent Darby. All I wanted was Big Papa Pump. I need to beat you, Stinger. Oh, my God. I need to beat you. <laughs> Great. So that brings us to our match here. Jason, we've got Sting and Lex Luger, who's the United States champion, as we mentioned earlier, taking on the Steiner Brothers for the World Tag Team Championship. You know, if I was the U.S. champ and I'm coming out in a tag match and it ain't my music playing and I got to come out with some dude, I might take that as something and turn heel real soon. Just like that, that, that makes if you have the belt and you're in a team, it should be your entrance. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just think that way. Um, just with the champ out, you know, champ out last. Um, there are lots of lockups to start this match. Um, it's like Rick and Lex planned a spot where Rick's like, hey. Uh, I'm going to come at you with a flying shoulder tackle, and Lex is like, sure. And then Lexi gets or stuffs him because Rick comes with a shoulder tackle. It's good. And he's the one that goes flying across the fucking mat. It looks weird, but you like, something happened here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. it's ugh. Scott Steiner just comes in with his hot tag, and he is full meter and just hits all his signatures. It is fantastic. Like, these. These like four are going at it. I like. I'm really digging. Very good comparison to last match of how slow and boring it was. But where this is still hard hitting, being it's uh, two teams of fan favorites here. Scott again gets fed up of Dusty and Jim Ross's bullshit and almost takes out the announce table, forgetting which side of the ring to jump out on. Um, it's great. Seeing hitting a drop kick from the rafters. I don't know why. Then oh, that's right. It's because you just see like Scott or Rick standing there going after Lex. And Sting just comes in from out of frame, but he's so high up, it's just like he just dropped from the ceiling. That's what I meant by that. He did his um, pro entrance some... to the drop kick in the middle <laughs> of the madness. <laughs> I gotta go do something. <laughs> yeah. Is this an official like... bat? Handed <laughs> <laughs> bat. So the match is going like pretty damn good to start like kind of everyone gets a little heelish. They start hitting hard. The respect thing goes out the window. And, of course, you can't have a clean win because here comes some silhouette that they go, who is that? It's Steve Austin with chain around his arm, obviously. Uh, comes running down to the ring, and Sting betrays himself. 
take the hit. He gets hit with chain. Um, betrayal. You know, betrayal. <laughs> what, yeah. what button do I press to turn the gun on myself? I mean, if, if Jason, that's the uh, that is such a great way to describe it. Yeah, it really is. It himself. doesn't make any sense. Luger, yeah. no. But he doesn't. No, he doesn't say, "Hey, Lex, turn around." He just pushes Lex. And there's like two or three beats. Then he just eats the Russian sickle with the chain. But it's not a full one because he's on the inside of the ring. Nikita's on the outside of the ring, so the ropes take a big run of it. Uh, but that's enough. And then everyone's like huddling around Sting, and Lex is super protected. Back off, and you can see them go, we just want to know what's up. And the best part is Sting starts pantomiming what happened. He's like, because you see him go... And then he come down here, and he's, he had a chain wrapped around his arm. <laughs> he's just describing it. Like Rick and Scott are getting ready to get in the patrol car, blasting the Beastie Boys sabotage, and go fight it. Sting collects himself for a few minutes. Nikita gets runs to the back to talk to Shivani. And Sting, like a superhero, takes a beeline to the exact room where Nikita is. Pull is off 316, says I just... <laughs> 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 Look. Cabernet Sauvignon, little Nikita Cola, IPA, because I'm a Minnesota guy. But uh, it just like the match itself before the shenanigans, dude. I was so into it. This is what I want to see from these four, and um, I give it a seven and a half. Charlie, what do you think of this? Oh, man. Um. Luger is very unfamiliar with Sting's pyro. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? He's walking down there, he's like, he's, he's walking down just looking like Lex Luger, and then all of a sudden, fuck, fuck! <laughs> you know, and Sting's like, staring straight ahead, and just like, don't worry about it. Like, it's, it's, it's fine. Luger was not expecting pyro. So, that was funny. I Fleet Man was not <laughs> set, was not ready for this. I love the Luger line that he gives to Rick Steiner. And I want to say it was Rick Steiner that sold it, but it actually just really looked like Luger just hit him as hard as he could. It was really cool. Uh, Scott Steiner, when he gets tagged in, man, it's like he doesn't just do his signatures. Some of them he does twice. Like, yo, you like that Total World Slam that I come up with once? It, wow. I swear, he's he's talking some major shit after oh. he hits those two. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah oh, no, oh, no, no, that, he did. He hit it, and then he turns around and he goes, fuck! <laughs> like, I'm so into myself right now. And just like, hey, man, I am too. This is pretty cool. All day buffet! <laughs> Start a screwdriver! By the way, I'm not wearing any underwear under these pink tights, oh, so no. it's really weird. <laughs> right, that, that's very true. Um... My favorite part of the match, I mentioned this to you off air, loved this. So Lex Luger calls for the torture rack, and, you know, it's like, oh, that's that, let's see what happens. But it's so exciting to the crowd, it's even exciting to Randy Anderson, so he decides to call for the torture rack. <laughs> Randy Anderson's looking at him doing the torture rack motion like, that, you really? Do, do we get it? to see it? Even Dusty's like, I want to see a torture rack. Got- Fuck you, Dusty. We all want to see one, motherfucker. <laughs> I want to see you one. I mean, I know Luger could get him up. I know he could. <laughs> But yeah, Randy Harrison, I kind of want to see him put somebody yeah. in a torture yeah. Um But we don't. No. Nikita Koloff, okay, so this is, I hate this in matches. where Not so much the sting part, because, man, I didn't see that coming. Where he turned on himself, as Jason <laughs> said, because that's what he did. That's what he fucking did. It was really stupid. So who pinned Sting? Was Scott it Scott Steiner. 
Did Scott just magically think that Sting just like knocked himself out? Because after all, because all of a sudden, once the match is over, the Steiners are like, "Hey, what happened?" You know, like like we saw you on the ground. We just decided to cover you, but I didn't actually ask how that happened because I know Rick was over there. Is this James Halliday talking? Yeah. <laughs> we saw you on the ground, there, Did I, did I hit you with like, a Frank Steiner? Can we? Because I don't this? remember doing it. Yeah, like, and you know, no, none of these guys are taking the Frankensteiner. But like Scott Steiner does a belly to belly. Off the top rope, it's so cool. It looks amazing. Uh, Sting does this leap over the top rope. Oh my god! And, okay, I was gonna ask you. Terrifying. Remember this in Revenge? Yes. Like, what you would take move, a chance on this? You hit A the second you hit the yeah, other rope, and you're like, like "Oh!" <laughs> and that you would do this leap, and more times than not, you would miss. Yes, I feel like this I is really it. hard to hit because you have to time it just when the guy gets up. Right. You know, and uh, Sting nails it perfectly. Like it's. This is a really fun match with a really shit ending. Like it's just, it's just really bad. And and I I don't like criticizing matches, even though I do. I don't like criticizing matches for I do. What kind? Wait, does does the commentate that line? Well, because well because hold on, fucker, don't do that. Oh, oh, hold on. Like the way that, what I'm talking about. You want another one of those? Uh, God damn it! I can't even get through this one. No, hold on. So, I don't like criticizing the match simply because. You know that it might be leading. Shut up! It might be leading to something else. You know, like like maybe these guys will have a rematch. Maybe they're just setting something up. But WCW's kind of conditioned me to believe that they're not. They're not but they are setting some up. Sting and Kolohov. No, no, I'm talking about a rematch for the Steiners and Sting and Luger because it's like I want to see this with a clean finish. But I have to criticize it for that because, as you just told me, this isn't going to happen again. So it really hurt the match for me. I still ended up giving it a seven. Are we? Wait, this is episode what, like one, one eighteen, somewhere up in there, is it? and you're just now letting us know you hate criticizing matches. I don't like Sorry. criticizing matches for that reason because usually, like especially uh-huh. in WWF style, it's because they're setting something up. Like I don't know why this is the first thing to come to my mind, but Royal Rumble '92 with Sid and Hogan. It's like, yeah, that Royal Rumble finish is kind of screwy, but it actually is leading to something. Right. WCW is just, oh, that match that that dream match that you wanted, yeah, it's gonna have a shit finish. And there's not going to be any, any real sequel to I, I it. I just find it hard to believe they didn't have anything for these guys to do. Yeah. You know, Not what I mean? even the U.S. championship being defended. Right. So, you, so exactly. you're, t- you're telling me that Nikita's feuding with who now? It was, see, I mean, it's pretty much set it's, up him and Sting. Which is hilarious because the whole reason Nikita came back was to fight you know, Luger. You know what bothers me? Why isn't Muda Sting on here? This the rematch that they talked about. Yeah. The return of the from the yeah. Rising Sun. Like It just feels like if you're going to have... The rematch from the main event. Oh, that's event. right. Why aren't we doing it? Because JR like wanted to just jerk off himself again. Like we didn't need to do a rematch in the states, of course. Jan, yeah. stay out of this. <laughs> stay, stay out. Of this. <laughs> well, I, I got it. Because William <laughs> puts his We down. had to have the the Black Bart Big Josh match. I mean, that had to be there. <laughs> With so his two Sting and Muda just got bumped from the card. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, scholars. They sent Muda back to Japan. He flew all the way over to St. Petersburg for the for the for the <laughs> card. And they're like, oh yeah, man, you're not booked. Uh, God, that would he miss himself and leave. He uses the miss on himself and he leaves. <laughs> he stands, stands under it. Wow. <laughs> it's elegant. It's elegant. Takes off the ma- takes off the makeup and it's elegant. <laughs> I'm straight it was, like, Austin. it was me all along. It, it was me. <laughs> um, Got any orange juice? <laughs> uh, 
I do think what's crazy, I, Sting, I, I, I'm very much in line with, with Jason in terms of this time period. Sting was far and away my favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. Easily. He's the worst guy in this match. He is. Like, everybody is like a step ahead. He, do, he does nail that. Is that, a pla- is that considered a plancha? I don't know what that's considered. I would. Just a, I, the leap over the top rope. He didn't even have a good running start to do no, that. No. He actually grabs the rope in mid-air, mid-air. to get more elevation, that, which I'm like, that's... a risky way to do it. It's really incredible work. He just, like, everyone else just seems to be a little bit, run a little bit harder in this. It's Luger's probably next to the flare match. Yeah. That mm-hmm. we had earlier from 90. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're so not used to seeing Luger do good. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, that he just outshines Sting here. What what it really gets me excited for is to see more Lex Luger and Rick Steiner though yeah. and we will get that down the road. They work together phenomenally well. And it's not like we consider Rick Steiner like a... a he doesn't... He sometimes gets like undervalued because he was a former TV champ yes, I was. think. So um, I think... Oh! Sting uses and they call it a tombstone. Yes they do which... What? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that how up. How cool is that? Like, that's how impactful already. Because, and, and and I may need to be correct on this, but I'm pretty sure that move was never called a tombstone that's what until I was wondering. Taker did it. Is anyone here, can anyone here validate that? Because I, I can't right now. I, I don't know if I'd ever up. seen the move until The Undertaker did it. Right, right. You know? I mean, I, if somebody did it, I don't think they called it that. Because I feel like I, I, it's reasonable to believe somebody did it. But to call it it and for yeah. it to be a finisher is another thing. When he did it, like it was this weird, of course, like Nexus thing where it's just you're thinking about if only that if they if only they had had a match, they could have done that spot because mm-hmm. everybody else does it at Taker. <laughs> like yeah. uh, I'm gonna put the tombstone on Taker because yeah, they do the reverse thing too, and it's like wow, look yeah. look how early they started doing that. Um, there's just one other spot that I really like, and it's there is a top row bulldog off a blind tag. Yes, that is just. Yes, that's high risk. It's and and it pays off. It's really really cool. But yeah, I I just the absurdity of the finishes. You're the legal man. Why are you taking a bump for the guy who's not legal? It's not a tag team wrestling. DTA will DTA. Yeah, not trust anybody. Don't Give trust yourself. anybody, Stinger. <laughs> Fuck you. I need the real Nikita Koloff. <laughs> <laughs> I need the real Steve Koloff. <laughs> Give me a sickle, yeah. damn it! Give me a wretched <laughs> My illustrious wife, Svetlana, come here. We do opening of my show. We talk to guest hour 30 minutes. No reason for me to ramble 20 minutes later talking about You talk about, about your songs. You talk about your John 316. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome. Get him out of here and find him. This bottle of Thunderbird and Courage. <laughs> Dude, now I want it. I want Stone Cold Nikita Koloff. I'm serving notice to everyone. I'm serving notice to superstars. Whoever they are. I like WCW superstars. <laughs> well, it's true, Charlie. In an alternate reality, John Cena lost in two minutes to Oz at a WrestleMania this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so coming off that, uh, we throw it back to uh, Stone Cold Co- Steve Koloff, who is with Tony, you know, dropping the 316 promo. Sting is like back, he books it. 
That's a small backstage. Yes, it is. He <laughs> books it back there. Um, Tony just says, oh, Sting was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And then on cue, Sting appears. They start brawling in the back all the way out to the outside parking lot. They brawl in the snow and they get... I'm, I'm just kidding. It's just, the same Valentine's I, Day I, That's exactly. I was just thinking that would have been awesome if they did. Um, I was... I was, I was taken aback. I was like, wait, this is May and in Florida, and they brought in the snow. <laughs> Global warming, my ass. At this point, somebody needed to actually take DDP's microphone and give it to Capetta because his is not working. What's wrong? Where'd you get that match? I gave it an eight. Oh. Um, Capetta's microphone completely yeah. is, is, is He's is got out. the microphone that Paul E. thought he had. We've got a sleeper of a match coming here. And I say a sleeper because... It, it, this was a welcome out of nowhere. Like, oh, we're doing this? Beautiful Bobby Eaton is taking on the Enforcer, Double A, any other nicknames? Arn Anderson for the World Television title. Um, and, and of course, Arn Anderson, who many times has been billed from a place in Minnesota. It's just from Mi- Minnesota. Minnesota. Fuck it. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, bu- 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 is this, uh, wait, is this Charlie's? I don't know, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it is. Fine? Okay, I cool. let off with Steiner's thing. I hope one day when we have episode 201, I want to cut together every time I have forgotten whose match it is. Because that would I, be a long... It's a, it's, is it me? Does it matter? It's, it's, or there's also one where you could like... Do you want to do this one? I know you want, you, you, you've you been railing on this match for a while. No, I'm, I'm good. Oh. Oh, wow. All right. Back to the original order. <laughs> That's happened a couple of times, too. Thanks. No, 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 no. It's funny because... I'm just going to go fuck myself here. <laughs> it's okay. So, uh, a call back to a comment I said earlier. Uh, Dusty Rhodes says that Arn Anderson is the greatest television champion. I think it's JR. No, no, it's Dusty. Isn't it Dusty? I say JR. JR, I, one of those I have is JR hypes him as being considered the best TV champion ever. He, he said... And he tries to do this thing where he's like, in some circles or in some people's opinion, he tries to like not put it on himself, even though he's saying it. Even though this is like the first time we've seen him defend the title, like not not taking anything away from Arn Anderson, but it's like, ah, uh, all right. Um, I love triple uh, triple A triple H double A. <laughs> I love double A doing <laughs> triple A triple A Arn. Should come fix your car. <laughs> Team him up at the repo, man. Um, Double A doing a rocket launcher to beautiful Bobby off the top onto the ramp, which is just really cool. Eat it. Yeah, just really great stuff. So, so Double A becomes a cerebral assassin uh, in this match, working on Bobby's leg. And this is where I, I struggle with uh, this match a little bit because Arn Anderson's actually doing great work, like really interesting body part specific wrestling. Which isn't always interesting, but it, you know it works. Um, and he spends probably, I want to say, at least ten minutes doing moves to him on the leg, even though he's not really going for a submission move of any kind to you know to end it possibly. Double uh, A gets a pretty good spine buster going on on beautiful Bobby. But here's the, here's the thing: the whole reason he's working on his leg is to wipe him out of doing the Alabama Jam, the top rope guillotine. And Bobby does a pretty decent job for the most part of the match selling you know, the fact that his leg is hurt. And it's good. And then the ending comes where he has absolutely no issue getting to the top rope. And it's not like he tries two or three times to get to the top rope. He gets in up in one shot. Drops the Alabama Jam, which, by the way, looks 
even more amazing than the last time we saw it. And this is him with an injured leg, quote unquote. And he gets a one, two, three. It's it's a fine match. I like it. It's just these little leaps in logic where Arn Anderson is clearly like working on his leg so that he can't do this move. And yet he does it with no problem whatsoever. Like the continuity I think is fucked. But I I, I can't help but like the match for what it was, despite that. I gave it a six. Jason, what'd you think of it? I mean, <clears throat> Charlie, it's not their fault you don't understand adrenaline. No, I, oh, that's, I, that's an excuse I that they that use. Too. Yeah. I, I hate when you'll see someone get this, like, they'll, they'll get their, their hamstring or whatever worked over because they got to do that. And then they go, oh, it's adrenaline, it's adrenaline. You know, like, it it had been different if he did. He, I don't remember if he tried it a couple times to get over there and couldn't get up quick enough. And, and Arn got to him. And, and is that how he gets the first rocket launcher? I don't remember, but. You know, I, I get that. Um, it is a pain. Uh, it's just that uh, this is really the match where I noticed that the WCW turnbuckles have like that extension that comes out about four inches. So yep. when you're wrapping someone's leg around it, it really looks like it does hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they finally got rid of those at some point. Uh, Jim Ross, through, and I noticed this throughout the course of all of his WCW tenure, says everyone has the quickness advantage. Every match, this person has the quickness advantage. And then later on that same match, he'll say, this other person has the quickness advantage. It's, it's really weird. I don't think he knows th what those words actually mean. Um, Dusty Rhodes says he wishes that he had a Telestrator. I pray to God oh, Dusty God. Rhodes never gets a Telestrator. I have the same note. I agree 100%. Please don't ever do it. Fuck you, JR. Don't yeah, say All we me. see is... <laughs> He just starts writing, I am Dusty Rhodes, I am Dusty Rhodes, I am Dusty Rhodes. Like the Simpsons intro with Bart Simpson, just over and over again. <gasps> Dusty Rhodes and everything is baby daddy, baby. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, despite the, the leap in logic we take, I've always liked Arn working a body part. And they used to, I remember they would, they would talk about it, like I think it's later WCW, that Arn would be good about going at body parts and would do that so much that when he had an injury, if, if it was his left arm, he would tape up his right arm to keep his opponents from going after his hurt arm, which, you know, sounds smart, but then you're going to wind up with two bad arms. Um, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know there, there's a little problem there. Uh, we get a Barry Wyndham mosey in as he takes his sweet fucking time to come down, and he and Pillman are both just taped up to the point and the blood's still coming through and i'm like how again i don't know how you got bloody and then much less to be this bloody i guess you know stan hansen was taking up all the shower time so no one could wash off um but here they come just in time uh for us to not get to see the pinfall win of beautiful bobby pitting Arn anderson uh we get to see it in a replay but this is only the second time we've had the TV title defended on our run of the podcast, and only the first time that Arn Anderson, the greatest TV champion of all time, has actually defended this thing. Um, I still give this match a six. I really like this. I like that there's this really built-in kind of underdog story for Bobby Eaton. I've heard, like, many people have podcasted that are have been in pro wrestling. He's the nicest guy ever. The best thing I've read about Bobby Eaton is someone saying, like, like most wrestlers would say, "Oh, I'm fighting Bobby Eaton, Bobby Eaton tonight." Oh, like I have the night off. Basically. Exactly, I have the night exactly. off. Exactly. Um, there's that story in McFoley's book where yes. the, the homeless guy, where he buys him, like you know, he just he sounds like a great, a yeah, great dude. I, if you ever mm -hmm. go out to lunch with him, he's always buying, mm -hmm. you know, and 
That's what made it so sad. When I think he just Steve Austin disa- verified that yeah. too. And then it was so sad. Like a few years ago, like he just disappeared, mm-hmm. and then they found him. Like he was alone in an airport, confused. He didn't know where he was, and it, it's just the most heartbreaking thing to hear about. He only retired in 2015. That's right. He kept wrestling, and like you know, you look at like stuff in his like personal life. Like was with he married. He married one one lady. Had three kids. Like didn't doesn't look like he had any like real drama around him. It was really cool, and like that's why you know when the Midnight's left, when Lane and and uh, Cornette took off, it was like, no, I'm I gotta, I need this, I gotta stick around and do. And you know we saw him throughout this weird time being a the singles guy. They weren't sure what they were doing for me. Still, he's from the dark side. He's from the dark, <laughs> and he's working heel basically, you know, and all this. And now it's kind of neat because even the crowd is ready for this. The crowd is ready for it, and so when they finally get it, I, his reaction to winning is like. One of those awesome parts in wrestling when a guy wins and you're like, he really like feels it. Yeah. Because he hugs the ref. Mm-hmm. He hugs the ref with the belt. And the, um, uh, I don't, like, I understand what you're saying about the problem with the working. My favorite match ever is SummerSlam 91. It's Brett versus Mr. Perfect. Brett destroys this guy's leg, who already has a bad back. So, leg and back. And then, of course, it's by the end of the match, course. he is he is like perfectly primed to do a perfect plex. Like there's no problem, and you would need both those things in good order to turn a guy over and do that. It happens. But all he's Mister Perfect. Bret Hart has done it in his, in his own. I've seen but, him get but, destroyed. But this is literally like a guillotine leg drop. Like you have to go off the top rope. Like like it's not like a move where you, you have a base. Like it, it's it's a little bit more hard for me to believe. This it, time. I just think this happens so it does. often. It does, it does, it like, does. Look at, um, what is it? Is it WrestleMania 6 with Hulk Hogan? Right. He has a leg problem the whole match. But all of a sudden, big boots and leg drops. I love when a guy has a back problem because he tries to do a body slam and the guy just falls on top of him. And then, like, yeah. a few minutes later, you know, he's uh, he's he's taking a back body drop and bouncing back up like it's no problem. It's like, it's wait just, a second. It's just Arn's working on it for so long. He's not doing any submission moves, which is really annoying. Right. And then... The one move, but it's not like beautiful Bobby does like six of these things, like six top rope maneuvers. He just does his one, you know, like to, to get it back, and it's hell, a lot even, of fucking good that did. Hell, even in the games, it oh, does well because because yeah. here's the thing in the games, like you know, you, you beat up a guy. I love I'll start, I'll start limping, or <laughs> yeah, holding. But then they get a special. It's like oh, fuck yeah, that's adrenaline, baby. Uh, I'm yeah. really excited for this run though because this this is the run where. We're gonna get to see Steve Austin, yes, because it is. the end of this TV title run is the the first run of Steve Austin having a major singles title, and that's really cool. I gave it a, I gave it a seven. Okay. So, I think that then primes us up. Tony stands outside the locker room of uh, of Fujinami with his his group in there, you know, and, and recaps the controversy from the show in Japan. Matsuda comes out and just says very simply, very, you know, we're bringing the belt back to Japan. All right, there we go. So that sets up our main event. Tatsumi Fujinami versus Ric Flair for the WCW world title. Okay. The first thing I want to identify, who is this trucker with the Japanese sign who is just... It's really confusing. ...really pumped up for... I don't think that's an English baby. No, you know what, Dusty, you're right. Which, by the way, there was one sign this person had in the last match, which I absolutely loved, because it was like, where is it? 
Arn, there's a special place for people like you. The bottom. The bottom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, that's some good stuff. And it was like... A, it was like a middle-aged woman too. Like it was like not somebody. That's being friendly. Like I mean, <laughs> I was like, it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> Once again, there's a lot of awful-looking people out there. It was not what I was but expecting. But Gangrel's out there, so that's it's one of the least attractive about. cities in the United States. <laughs> that's a Bobby the Brain Heenan type yeah. of line. So, it, all right. F Flair has his entourage, which has you know, the, uh, what was. What was the the maid? What was her name? Oh yeah. What was her name? I don't know. Was that Beefy? It, is it? Beefy. That's what I thought. It's who he's with now. It's like his wife now, right? Yeah, that's right. Woo. I, I, a couple other jabronis, and then his chef. Like I'm serious. Like is the guy on the end? I think because he's holding a like a a tray. With... Well, he must have cooked him a hell of a meal because Tatsumi can't bridge anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a big plate of ribs. <laughs> And the, <laughs> this music thing, I think, is legit. I don't think this is the network. I the, think the they flipped his music because. And so I was reading up on this, and there's some people who speculate that this was going to be the gladiator music. It sounds like gladiator music. I was just going to say, uh, yeah, for Excalibur. Or... So, but I'm, from Jump Street here, it does look like Ric Flair is really into this mm -hmm. at all. Like this is as much a by the numbers Ric Flair. Like I'm just, you know, it. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're going to get. It's 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 important to note that this time Bill Alfonso is the backup referee. Tiger Atori is the official uh, of record. That's how they. That's how Jr. says it. he is the official of record here, which I think is again noteworthy because of the fucking finish. So once again, we open up stiff chops, slaps. There's a pretty good energy to start this thing. Um, I don't know how many times I wanted to ask you guys how many times do we have to hear about Ric Flair's fucking broken back. In a match, every it was match. A plane crash. Yeah, I mean it is, and it, and it's like Jr. uses this as a talking point. Like, well, you know, if he just works that back long enough, you know, it'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great line. Oh no, baby! <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be awful. Um, you know, I just wait on Dusty to be like, you know, back when I was fighting Ric Flair, I wish somebody would have told me about his broken backs. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it was okay to beat a man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Flair gets a ton of face pops. Yep. Randomly throughout this match. And this is where I think the match really suffers is because it's not very defined. Like, and I get it. Like, we had Sting... And Luger versus the Steiners. It's face versus face. Okay. And at times, Sting and Luger had some pops. At times, the Steiners had the pops. Like, it varied. But the problem is, with this main event, with all this drama, they haven't really created this definitive kind of face versus heel thing. Like, it's not in no way is Fujinami, like, really positioned as the, the baby face of the match. It's almost like they're trying to sell this as, it's, it is USA versus Japan. We have to pull for the USA guy here to keep the belt here. And, um... Uh, of course, I mean Flair gets busted open. Shocker! Yeah. Outside, using the I think it's I think it's a post smash. It, it is. It's he, another it's another guardrail fuck off. <laughs> and and as soon as he lands, he, he he's doing this and then just God. The bridge spot is awesome. It is one of the funniest things to watch because I really wanted him to get it. Yeah. But he tries like three times. First of all, if you fail the first time, the second time is going to be like ten times harder. And he tries a third time. And I'm like, right. dude. It's not gonna happen. And then, of course, later on, like Flair wants to do that roll up, and he's like, "Nope, 
That's right. Flair does the. I told you this off air. One of my favorite covers to a botch ever. He just starts flopping around the ring and just falls outside. <laughs> like that's his way to cover. Like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little fucked up. <laughs> I'm gonna do the move off, man. Um, he does the chop to the back, which is just like Jesus. Yeah. Like, he runs and just smashes. I mean, they do a good job of showing you that his uh, Fujinami's chest is just destroyed from Ric Flair's chops, but his back takes a nice beating on that one shot. <sighs> um, uh, the USA chant during the octopus spot was really bad. So, let's get to the finish here. Fuck that. <sighs> Flair, uh, Flair pushes Fujinami out of a roll-up, wipes out Tiger. A, a, a tiger. <laughs> Shit. A run in from the bear. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. It's Stan Hansen's bears. <laughs> Flair then grabs the tights and rolls up Fujinami, and Fonzie, Mike Tyson's his way into the ring. Tyson, what? Covers, uh, counts the three, and Ric Flair wins to uh, retain the title. And everybody's fine with this. Everybody's perfectly are. fine with this, and um, and it's. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of a cast because, like, I, I told you this off air again. I'm like, I don't see how this is okay when you just made a bitch fit. Yeah, you threw one a huge, massive, like problem about this in Japan, saying that oh, not only to go over the top rope, but a Tiger Tour wasn't even the official of record. Well, now he is, and the other guy countered it, and you're fine. I still give it a six. It's a good match. I don't think it tells a better story than they did in Japan, and I just think their ambivalence towards the finish being okay is is kind of bad to me. I just don't, I just don't like how the, all of a sudden, just because it's over here in the states, it's fine. Jason, what did you think, sir? I still don't understand how Fujinami's the challenger. I mean, he won. Flair took it, but he still has the belt. Like he still should be the person considered the champion. I, I don't know. Because, because um, Jason, real quick on that point, on that point, just real quick, because you make a good point. Every other circumstance, when a guy loses, he's lost. There is no replay that takes it back subsequently. Like, oh yeah, it happens. It's like, pro wrestling. Dallas Page literally like louds out one of the false finishes from one of, from one of the earlier matches, and nothing happens. Right. So I just want to point that out, Jason, because you're right. He should be the champ. Like this bullshit logic that they're doing with it, just it it sucks. But go ahead about the two refs. Well, because whereas the two refs clearly tell you something. I mean, like right from the get go, something's up. Um, you should just it immediately takes or it, it builds like this. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen, but also steals the the surprise of something happening. Because on the WWE Network, Super Bowl, the little just one sentence that this one gets is champions collide as Ric Flair faces off against Tatsumi Fujinami with both WCW and NWA World Heavyweight Championships on the line. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. You know? That both, I mean, that? I know it probably... Some, but if you were listening, uh, it was the WCW and NWA World Heavyweight <laughs> Championships on the line. So it's making it like it's a unification match or something. Right. And I know network they get shit wrong all the time but like we were talking about how the nwa is not recognizing wcw and wcw not recognizing that like 
I would be pissed off if I, I mean, I flew across the country. Like the last one, that's a great story about, okay, here's the screwy finish. Here's the guy who won. The guy who lost comes in, throws a tantrum, and just physically takes the belt. It's wrestling. I'm perfectly cool with that. Yeah. Um, but with this coming back suddenly, just because we're in America, Ric Flair's the champ, Ujinami's the challenger. You know, it's his match to lose. Um, Flair doesn't have to do anything as far as negative. It just doesn't make sense, and it's not okay um, to me. Like, it really just convolutes shit a whole lot. They're, they're almost saying, like, Super Brawl didn't happen. Or not Super Brawl, sorry. The uh, Right. The, 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 Japanese, yeah. the Super Show uh, didn't happen. It doesn't exist. That's all fantasy. Um, but to get to the match itself, there's a whiffed crossbody that's like only two inches away from when, when it's whiffed. Um, Flair's up against the ropes and Fujinami jumps at him and completely misses him. Um, and then they try the spot again and just Flair goes over the top rope. Uh, I didn't like the match's pace at first. It took until Flair got bloody and then suddenly it does kick in a high gear um, and they both of them start picking up and having a sense of urgency. And then that dies really quick. Uh, going into a bunch of holds and stuff. You know, I like the octopus hold coming through. I do hate the USA. USA. It's just like you don't have a prayer of being cheered in certain – in the U.S. if you're not a citizen. It's just – it's so stupid um, that, you know, this guy who clearly was wronged is trying to win back the belt. But, you know, he's a foreigner. Let's get him. MAGA. I wonder how that came to be. Um, but, I mean, like the the – here we go. We're just going to do the opposite of what happened last time. Only Tiger Hattori doesn't sell nearly as good as Alfonsi does. And there's not even, like, it's immediate. It's like Hattori's out. Here comes Fonzie. One, two, three. And then Flair dips. Flair's gone. Generally, the person who wins is, it's it's almost like it's something I remember, I think, Charlie, you said when John Cena would lose a championship. He doesn't get out of the ring. He stands there and points and then does his endorsement and bullshit and moves on. Oh, yeah. But it's Flair's gone. It's just like this kind of confusion with, you know, just Fujinami sitting in the ring. And even the other Tiger Tori is like, no, 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 just batting it off, like back to him, not what happened. And then, then clearly it wasn't that they were out of time because Dusty and Jim Ross vamp for three fucking minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, whole... I, I <laughs> it's a little peculiar. Jason, yeah, it's like the opposite. But, like we always joke about, we're out of time. No, we have we have time. We have plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> this happened on one of the shows oh. earlier with a time limit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're we're TV time, and then yeah, a couple minutes. So, I mean, like plus, this is getting to where we're getting a Triple H NWA World Heavyweight Championship levels of, of matches sometimes being a little too long, um, especially because this was the second. The first one I get, you know, it's a big deal. This one was just a little too long for my taste, but it wasn't completely offensive. I just give it a five right down the middle. Wow. All right, man. What you think? Man. Uh, you know, if Ric Flair used to play football, and it never comes up. It never comes up. And you want to know why? Is that, is because that... only college counts. <laughs> Fucker. Yeah, I think that's it, I swear. Only college counts? Well, didn't he play high school football? Isn't that what he did? Oh, yeah. Didn't he go... Yeah, I thought he went to... Because in the ESPN doc, they said he went to... He went college. I didn't remember if he was on. The I can't remember team. if he played. I think he might. He might have been on the team, but he didn't last that long. 
like because Flair was a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just and his his football background never comes up, and it just that always just kind of bothers me. Did that knock the match down a little bit for you? Well, it just. I have an expectation with Jim Ross in WCW, and he's not fulfilling it. He's tricking me into wanting football references because it's like, yeah, it's like Ric Flair. We come back next time. Charlie's doing fantasy football. He's like, I'm all in on this. <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell me? Why aren't there wrestling Why? references in football? <laughs> I want to hear. My I have said that. I just, yeah, let's promote wrestling on, uh, on Monday Night Football. Well, get ready. It's coming. Oh man, <laughs> oh, that's right. We're a year out. Uh, so Ric Flair. Was uh, knocked over the top rope. How is that not a DQ? Like it's just that that rule is officially pissing me off. It's just okay. Sometimes it's effect. Sometimes it's not. In the last show, it it was in effect because it was for the WCW World Title. Even though the match took place in Japan, they made a huge deal out of it on that show. On this show, it doesn't even get a reference. And and there was an, a weird thing where. Uh, Fujinami backdropped him over the top rope in the Japan show, but in this one he flat out clotheslines him over the top or something. Nothing. Bad in bad uh, consistency there. Um, wait a minute. Yeah, this is really cool. So Ric Flair slaps Fujinami in the figure four, and then Jr. decides for some reason or another to point out what a nice guy Fujinami is. I don't understand why. He's like in the figure four, like screaming, like, oh, no, you know, doing all that stuff. And, and JR goes, you know, I had dinner once with Fujinami. He's a pretty nice fella. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> like, that doesn't, it doesn't help me here. Um, so then, the, the, so this bridge spot, because it's what, a Northern Light suplex? Or I, I can't, is, is it a, it's not a backslide. I don't know how to, I know this move. I don't know how to, yep. to name it. I wonder if it's like, because a lot of this is is on Flair. It's like Flair, you gotta stand up, right? And he's gotta help you. In theory, it really shouldn't be as hard as it sounds. But they almost get it the first time, and then Flair just <laughs> sits on Fujinami's head, and I'm like, oh no! And then they go for it again. It reminded me of Roman Reigns, how he kept going for the tombstone in his match against the Undertaker, and Taker did that weird little gallop jump, <laughs> and like almost tombstoned himself <laughs> when he did that. that that was uh, that was kind of fun to watch. Um, the way Flair blades is so funny in this match because we didn't really go into it. So he's on the ground, he blades, he stands up kind of slow, and then, sorry, this is audio only podcast, but I'll do it for you. He literally just stands up, and goes, <laughs> like like he stares up at the sky and makes this ridiculous face, like to show that he got me. Yeah, it's very theatrical and over the top. Um, the chop to the back. This botch that Flair did, I called it the no Oklahoma roll. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It just it didn't go through. And so the octopus, uh, Dusty says, Oh, baby, this is so painful, you don't know whether to give up or go blind. Like, <sighs> Dusty. The USA well, between the two, I'd give up. I'd give up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's really a question. Uh, the USA chant uh once again, I'm like Fujinami is not uh, playing a heel. Like, at Ric Flair, we're all of a sudden going to cheer basically the top heel of the '80s because hey, he kind of looks like we do. Only, only you know, we're really fucked up. You know, and I, wrestling fans are you just dumb. keep lariating this. I, I, it's a really ugly crowd. Go back. Like it's it's not exactly a GQ convention. You know. Anyway. There's like two dudes in Pensacola listening to us crying, right? <laughs> he's right. Yeah, dude, he's right. 
Oh my god. So, the, the finish of this match fucking blows. <laughs> this is so awful. And I, I, I don't so much mind the, like the finish part, but it's Tiger Hattori, who has been an A-plus referee this entire match. He's great. He's a really good ref. But, that, but apparently he's never seen a fucking victory roll before, because he doesn't go back there to make the counter look at the shoulders. He stands right in front of of um, Fujinami and like, all right, hit me, and 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 Flair just throws him right into Tiger Atori. It's like, dude, what the hell? Like, why would you do that? It was just goofy, and Flair gets the one, two, three, and then there's this fan that I heard because I was listening to this through headphones. There's this fan that's made me laugh because, yeah, you did it, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it really a question of whether or not he could? Uh, a bullshit chant starts for just a little bit, which is weird. Yeah, I, you're right. Why? Why does that happen? Because like this crowd was pretty much behind Flair. Um, despite all this bullshit, it's not as it's not nearly the match that the one uh, at the last show was. But I still liked it. I still did like this match quite a bit, actually. I gave this a seven and a half. Jesus. So go once again, just like Stinger pointing his bat at us is Phil Goad. Um, this is an official bat. He says, okay, this gets out there. Although they never mentioned it on, on Super Brawl, Fujinami is the NWA champion. So that match is title versus title. Jason, that's what you're talking about. It is a title versus title match. WCW doesn't mention it because they don't want people realizing the two titles thing. Even though Flair wins, the NWA strips him of it when he leaves. The title will be defended in Japan for the next two years till Super Brawl 3. At that point, it comes back to WCW for about three months. At that point, WCW officially leaves NWA and they strip Flair again. They then have a tournament that is won by Shane Douglas. Until this point, <laughs> the title had never been vacant. It's vacated three times over the next two years. And I think that's... Because what ends up happening, because I did a little bit further digging, and what's so sad is like by that point, the NWA is basically kaput. And like most of these guys are out of business, and yet they're having to come together and vote to get like to, to strip Flair of the title. And it's so sad. Like you guys are all basically done, and yet you have to come do this official thing. Because remember, like it works so again, like the what ends up happening is like they have the belt, but they don't have like the they have the physical belt, but they don't have the title. Right. It's so weird. That's why eventually you have this in uh, our WCW International Champion. Remember that thing? That comes yeah, in a couple of years. True. I think Rick Rude gets that, doesn't he? Yeah, Stinger gets it. Flair wins so, and unifies it again. It's it's wild. It's a fun time. But Why wasn't it such a huge deal when Ric Flair took the world title to WWF? Because we always hear about like the women's title going right. from WWF to WCF, what a big deal that was. And, and there's Ric Flair. But maybe it's because he didn't trash it. I said it was the real it. world's title. Yeah. You know. I And the thing is, too, like, I... I to his credit, Vince was actually really proper in that, like, once he won the WWF title, they dropped that thing completely. Mm -hmm. They did not do that real world's champion thing again. And it was never really a thing other than just a prop for him to come out with, or Bobby right. Heenan to show off, or whatever. So yeah, it's it's a fun time. So how do we do with this thing, man? I mean, you see it. Uh, so I have this rated, unfortunately, at the highest with a 4.54. Jason, you're at the lowest with a 4.21. And Will has a 4.41. Uh, we gave Super Brawl 91 
a 4.39. How did I have the lowest and Will had a fucking zero? I know. I, I redid <laughs> Will's math like four times. It's simply because we have so many twos and ones. That is yeah, That's true. why. It's, true. it's really not that much different. Um, Will had a zero. <laughs> he had a, a zero. That's that's pretty good. I didn't even know we like Jason. I didn't even know we could do zeros. Um, Cagematch.net. You guys are gonna laugh at this. Six point one. Yeah, I'm not laughing. Yeah. Like that's terrible. Any, uh, I was just waiting on the next hammer to fall. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because the dark match that we missed was the mighty Thor against Fidel Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> That was so there was rating another up. fucking match for these people to sit through. <laughs> Thirteen <laughs> matches. Yeah, the the comment, nothing outstanding on the comments to read out. That would be you know entertaining or whatever. But wow, that was a good time. Um, not a great show, but you know, it's uh, especially after following the Super Show in Japan, yeah, which was really good. And even Russell War was Russell War was right, okay, right? Yeah. But, um, Just for an inaugural Super Brawl, like a pay-per-view that I really associate with WCW, like when I think of the big ones, yeah, it's this. This was a hard watch, actually. Um, I'm looking up the next because I'm looking up something that has to do with the next show here because it's coming up. The uh, now we get back to clashes, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Like we finally are back to a clash because those are always fun to revisit. Um, clash of Champions 15, and I'm. I'm trying to see if I had a name for it real quick, but I don't think it does. Oh, they finally dropped that? Because they do drop that at some point. I think it's called, by the way, I think it's called Knoxville, USA. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I mean, With I'm excited the because there was a name drop on this show that I'm surprised that, that during the Johnny B. Bad that uh, PM News. So yes. PM News is coming, uh, Van, which means Van Hammer's coming. <laughs> we get Cactus Jack is coming. So it's it's... Oh uh, man, that's right. There's a lot of guys coming. Yeah. So Austin, yeah. Knoxville, yeah, USA. Really. You know where this one's taking place. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. it's the Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a that'll that'll be um, that'll be good. That'll be good to check out. <laughs> First match right off the bat. Free birds and bad street versus God. Young Pistols and Tom Zink. It's like like I was telling you off fair. This is basically becoming ECW, it where is. it's the same opening four matches. Yeah, and it's like like this is hell. It's just Tajiri and Super Crazy fighting forever. <laughs> now it's the Young Pistols and the Freebirds. Man, really uh, makes oh. you appreciate <laughs> Tajiri and Super yeah, Crazy. Yeah, it does because man, these matches are all the same. Huge fan of the GIF of them uh, doing the Mist together. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, big fan of that. I was glad that got sent to us. Uh, Jason, got anything to plug? Talk about? No, not yet. Um, Chuck, we've got the Fugitive 25th anniversary episode for Real Change Pod coming out this week, which will be really cool. Yeah, that, um, that's and it's a really fun episode. Uh, yeah, we we did it what yesterday? Yeah, and uh, yeah, follow us at Real Change Pod. Yeah, for our alternate uh, Twitter Tom yeah. feed. Um, yep. So next time we'll see is Clash of Champions 15. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at New Blood Pod, New Blood Rising Podcast on Facebook. I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore stabs. We'll see you guys in Knoxville, Tennessee for Clash of the Champions 15. Knoxville, Knoxville. USA.